Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Cali Night fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. No game since New Year's Day, but United still sit in fourth place. Not a bad start to the year for the Blues. In this episode, we look ahead to this weekend's clash with Newport County, Brunton Park, and answer some of your questions about Cali United. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to the um, what? It's the second of the year, isn't it? Because we did a review, didn't we, of the Doncaster game? Yeah, Keep forgetting yeah. that. So, uh, second episode of the year of 2023. No games to review, Dan. But as I said in the intro, there <laughs> we haven't dropped a place at all, have we? I think we expected no. to be down about fifth or sixth, didn't we, by now? Yeah, I think uh, I'm. I'm not a big one for bothering with other teams' results this early. Uh, I only really, I'm only really interested at the business end. But uh, Rochdale did us a right favour winning at uh, Bradford. Had a result and, for them. Yeah, result. it it still puts a question over Mark Hughes, which sounds daft because the fifth in the league. But <laughs> you know. yeah, I mean they're on the same number of points of us, albeit with a, a much worse goal difference. But yeah, yeah. it's. I don't think he's having that bad of a visit. With the squad he's got, I think he's actually doing pretty well, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see who, what he brings in in the next couple of weeks, you know. I mean, Matt Darbish is one he's brought in, isn't it? And that, that's kind of yeah, one of those ones. You look and you, th- you think based on the name, oh, great sign. And then you look at who he's played for in recent years and where he's been, you think, well, actually, he's not really done much. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But that's a case of a manager knowing a player, isn't it, for a while, isn't it? But there you go. Yeah. Um, yes, so uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different in similar to to last week's in that we haven't actually got a game to review. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the news and the loan watch roundup, and then we're going to answer some of your questions. We put a little call out on social media this morning asking you to send in your questions, and you sent them in your droves, didn't you? Um, yeah, uh, cheers for that. I'm, I'm on nights this week, and I, I woke up to about 58 <laughs> notifications on Twitter and Facebook. And I completely forgot about I was like, what the hell? I was like, what the hell's going on? Who have we signed? Yeah. Oh, no, it's just Lee asking a question. Yeah, Lee asking <laughs> questions, but there you go. Uh, so, yeah, we've got some in there. Some some taking the mickey, I think it's fair to say, and some some really good and interesting ones. There's some that we won't be able to answer because we probably need to go a bit more in depth, so we might do something a bit longer in those ones. But other than that, we'll try and cover as many as we can uh, in the time we've got available to us. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously start the show, and at this point, we tell you all about who is sponsoring the podcast this season, and of course, uh, how you can find out about us on social media and subscribe to the podcast. We're very proud to say that once again this season, the podcast has been sponsored by the Cali Knight Sports Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Cali Knight fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, sports games, and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too, you can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlislelondonbranch.org. Just a reminder also, if you don't already, please do subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on any good podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Pocket Casts, any good podcast app. If you just search for the Brunton Bugle, um, click subscribe, and then every time a new episode comes out, you will get it straight into your inbox. And if you don't already, please do uh, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Brunton Bugle. Uh, same address on Instagram, at Brunton Bugle. Um, if you search for the Brunton Bugle on uh, Facebook and click like, 
you can follow us there. And uh, yeah, we're also on the Be Just Unfair Not Facebook group, um, which is a fantastic community. Over 3,000 people in there would recommend joining it, definitely. Uh, we're on the Cumberland's.net message board. And you can find us on email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Okay, Dan, let's get into the news section. A uh, couple of little bits. It's transfer-related again this week that we've got to cover. Um, we, we were hoping, because we, we we did contemplate recording this on Wednesday, didn't we? We thought if we leave as long as possible, we might have some more transfer news, but we don't, unfortunately. But it's, I know exactly what's going to happen here. It's so, actually yeah. Thursday afternoon at the moment. Uh, I'm just sat on my couch watching O'Sullivan and Williams in the snooker <laughs> while we record. And I can absolutely guarantee I'd be amazed if we don't We'll probably announce someone at about four o'clock, just yeah. just because that's how it works. Eh? It, it's sods long, isn't it? We, we are basically yeah. doing this for the Car United benefit to make sure that we do sign someone before the weekend, yeah. basically. Yeah. So give us some credit there. There you go. Uh, right, well, into the news then, Dan. Uh, first up, let's talk about the one uh, coming in. Uh, we've got a midfielder who's signed up, haven't we, Dan, for, for mm. the rest of the season? My little tick list's going well. I asked for <laughs> left-sided defence. Yeah. We got that. I asked for... Uh, a midfielder with a little bit of experience. It looks like we've got that too. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Taylor Charters obviously has uh, liked to miss the rest of this campaign and Sonny Hilton's gone back to Fulham. So uh, Simo's moved uh, quickly to bring in another midfield option early in the transfer window. Uh, and that is the arrival of Alfie McCalment on loan till the end of the season from Premier League side Leeds United. Um, Alfie's actually a, a full Northern Ireland international. Um, I love it when we have a full international. Oh, well, it's great, isn't it? I've got at least one friend who who absolutely hates the fact that R- Reggie Lamb holds the record for the most international appearances for Cal <laughs> United. He hates that, so he's basically Callum Hall- Hope was close to him. Yeah, but then he got found ineligible for <laughs> a did. couple of them, didn't he? He had one was... taken off him, didn't he? And he scored in that one two. as well. I think it was oh. two in the end. Yeah, yeah. lots of luck, isn't that? Yeah, there you yeah. go. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it, to think all all this is happening basically the last. 16, 17 years, I think, that we suddenly got all these internationals. Because yeah, yeah. prior to that, the only one we had was Eric Welsh, wasn't it? So, incredible, wasn't it? So, yeah, uh, Alfie's a fully island in Peter Northern. Murphy. Yeah, Peter Murphy was the, the next one, wasn't he? The first one, wasn't yeah. it? And then, obviously, Lubo. Um, so, yeah, Alfie is a full Northern Ireland international. He's yet to make his debut for the Oxford side, but he has actually, had, as you mentioned, Dan, he's got a bit of experience. Two loan spells. One at league two level with Oldham Athletic two years ago, where he, he made 39 appearances and scored 10 goals. Mm. In all competitions, I mean, some strikers at Oliver would be happy with a return like that, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. it's fair to say. Um, and then he had a loan spell at Morecambe last season, uh, not quite as successful in terms of goals, but 31 appearances in all competitions. And I one think goal. he played a lot deeper for Morecambe. Yeah, and you've got to consider the fact that Morecambe really were in a relegation battle last season. Yeah, so yeah. it was always going to be a lot tougher for him there. But yeah, good experience all the same. Um, from what we can gather, he's a bit of a combative a midfielder. Uh, he can play a bit deeper or he can get forward as well. Um, as you mentioned, he's already played for Northern Ireland full side. He's got four caps. Interestingly, all four of them have been wins. I checked this before. I thought, I'll have a look and see. All four games were wins, which Northern Ireland haven't been that good in the last that's, two, I was going to say, that's, that's pretty good because Northern Ireland have sort of, they've had their little spell, yeah. which culminated in the Euro 2016 yeah. appearance. And they've been on a bit of a downward. So interesting that he's... Uh, He's, uh, he's got a win ratio. Uh, and we probably will lose him for a couple of games in March, well, won't we? I, I think it's only going to be one game, hopefully, as long as we don't have a Tuesday night game rearranged at some point. Yeah. It will be the game against Gillingham away. That's the weekend of the international week. I mean, what a perfect weekend to have Gillingham away because we can watch it on the iPhone. We don't have to travel down to that terrible away end for that game. So that's a, I that's a, that's a actually gift. know <laughs> what, someone we know, uh, Martin, who's one of our yeah. regular listeners, 
from uh, Northamptonshire. Him and his mate, he was telling me the other day, are planning a night out in Gillingham around this game purely because, have you ever heard of anyone going to Gillingham on the drink? There's, there's a very good reason for that. Having been to Gillingham a few years ago, they are lovely people from Gillingham, I'm sure, if there's any of listening. Yeah. God, yeah. N- not a good place to go for, yeah. for a drink, yeah. it's fair to say. Just before to round it up, Dan, um, he actually made his full international debut before he made his first team debut in football. Yeah, yeah. Mad, that, isn't it? You do I, find that on the occasion, don't you? Though? Yeah. On on a serious note, I actually wonder uh, how old is he now? He's twenty two. He turns twenty three in March. Hmm. Uh, I actually wonder if this is another like Robinson, where it's possibly with a view to something in the summer. I mean, that would because kind of make it, sense he's, he's going to be twenty three years old, and he's not been round the Leeds first team enough, has he? No, he hasn't really. I mean, so I, he's, he's got to make a decision at some point. Yeah, I'm trying to find out when his Leeds contract expires. I can't see. Unfortunately, when you go and transfer back now, it tells you when his Carl United loan spell contract yeah, expires. Yeah. So I can't see how long he's Leeds. I think he might have another year left at Leeds, but I'm pretty sure Ryan Edmondson had another year left at Leeds and they let him come to us. So uh, yeah, yeah. So you I, go. I think at that sort of age, yeah. Well, we're reaping the benefits, aren't we, of that uh, wonderful relationship with Leeds that we got told about by you know who. Um, although, funny enough, that only seems to have happened when Greg Abbott returns to the club, so one who actually does have a good relationship with Leeds, yeah. with it, isn't it? It's funny, that, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so uh, welcome Alfie to the club. Um, he's going to wear squad number 35. Interesting, that quite a high number, isn't it? They're missing out some of the low ones. But I'd imagine he's not coming in just to be warming the bench, Alfie. I think he's coming in to play games, isn't he? I think that's that's the aim with him, I'd imagine. So, uh... It'll be good pressure on uh, Moxon and Guy as well. You know, yeah. if, if we do have a couple of bad games, he maybe will step in or yeah. he'll, maybe, he'll maybe sort of start if we do go 4-3-3 for some games, you know. Well, if we go back to that free in midfield in the in the 5-3, you know, 3-5-2 almost. Yeah, yeah. He allows Moxon to get a bit further forward and I think that's yeah, actually yeah. not a bad thing, really, getting a bit further up the pitch and affecting things up there, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other bit of news in terms of transfers, uh, Jack Stretton, unfortunately, his loan has been ended uh, early so he can make a permanent move elsewhere. Yes, Derby County... Basically, there was a few murmurs about this, wasn't the last time we recorded, Dan, and we weren't 100% sure whether the truth. Turns out they were. Uh, Derby County recalled him so he could sign for Stockport County on a permanent deal for an undisclosed fee. Now, we've been told from our sources, haven't we, Dan, that United did match that that uh, fee. I don't think it would have been a massive fee anyway because he's out of contract in the summer. Yeah, but yeah. Um, essentially, we, we just couldn't match what Stockport offered in terms of wages. And I would. I think he did. He did okay. I mean, what twenty three appearances, two goals, not a great return for a forward, but it was a bit more than goals from him, wasn't it? Really, I would have liked to have seen him sign permanently because I think we could have developed him into a really good player. Am I? Would I have wanted us to bust the gut to bring him in? No, if I'm honest. Mm. I, I don't know what your thoughts which, are. Which which leads me on to we we undenied about mentioning this, but it's fairly common knowledge yeah. that is rumours. We potentially have a replacement coming in. Hopefully, this will be the one that gets announced after we record. Uh, Crystal Palace left-sided forward John Kaimani Gordon has seemingly agreed a deal. We've beat off several other clubs: Orient, MK Dons, Burton, Lincoln. Uh, this was reported on Twitter, and then uh, if those who follow transfers on Twitter, which I know is a lot of you. Uh, 
Peter O'Rourke, who was ex Sky Sports, and mm. he does a lot. He he actually tweeted this when Peter O'Rourke tweets. It usually it's happens. It's basically, so yeah, it happens. We it? we we would suggest this is likely to happen unless something goes drastically wrong. I think would be the fairest sort of yeah. Yeah. explanation. One hundred percent expect him to be signed by the weekend, hopefully. And and yeah. based on what I've seen, he's got a similar sort of style of play to Amari Patrick, hasn't he? He's got a bit of pace about him, like cut inside, hit his shots. I'd argue he looks like maybe an upgrade on Stratton from what I've seen. Well, so I was, I obviously, as soon as the rumours started about this lad, I sent a message to my mate Carl, big Palace fan, I know from England games, and he watches a lot of their under 21 games, etc. And he's, he, he said, this lad's well, really well rated, been on the bench a couple of times. I think he had a bit of a bad injury a couple mm. of years ago. If it wasn't for that injury, he would probably have probably have been in around the first team a lot more. So I think I think Palace have just wanted him to to go out and get some proper football, you know. And a team that's doing well as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um and we we must also add that, that one of the people involved in the Palace Academy is a certain Sean Denny who yeah. is friends with a certain Greg Abbott. Again, so, his contacts paying dividend, aren't they? That's just the way it if, works. If it happens, yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, got to give a mention as well the fact that apparently he had a great game in preseason against Botafogo. So that, I mean, that that's you know, Botafogo to Barrow. Basically, he's going to be going into yeah, the yeah. What a, what a journey he's going to go on. But there you go. Um, so yeah, hopefully that one will be confirmed by then. Um, yeah, uh, let's do a quick loan watch round up then, Dan. Um, we haven't done one obviously since um, I think before Christmas, wasn't it? I think the Northampton yeah. preview was the last one we did. Um, so yeah. Uh, Max Killsby, um, he's made two extra appearances since then. He's up to uh, 17, uh, including one as a sub. And he's got a goal, hasn't he, finally? Yeah. So, yeah, I think he's been playing at left-back in recent games rather than centre-back, possibly, because he's been wearing number three. Um, so, obviously, since we last got yeah, so he's got himself a couple more appearances. Uh, that goal came in a 5-1 win over Albion Rovers just before Christmas. I went on YouTube to go and look find this goal. So I'll see what it was like. And... They they were 1-0 down at half-time at home against Albion Rovers. And then, and they were getting bad. How Albion were 4-5 four, four up at half-time, I don't know. I very nearly went to this game mm. and uh, something came up, so I couldn't. And I, I remember looking at the score and it was 1-down. I'm like, oh, yeah. you know. And then I looked half an hour later, it was like 3 or 4-1. I'm like, yeah. So it's basically, <laughs> basically, yeah. It was 1-0 at half-time to Albion. They should have been much further ahead. And Adam came out and backed them in the second half. Um, Max got the fourth goal, I think. Um, a bullet header from a corner, really, really good header to be fair in him. And uh, yeah, great to see him do so well with them. Unfortunately, they did lose the next game two 0 against four far. Um, they're currently fifth in the table. And the next up for them is is the long, probably I think the longest trip of the season for them would it be Elgin City away, right up on the uh, north coast, I think of Scotland, isn't it? Sort of north east, yeah, north east, yeah, north north east coast, isn't it? Basically up that way. So there you go. Um, right, Lewis Bell, uh, another two appearances for him as well. And similarly to uh, Max, he got a goal in those two appearances. His goal came in a one nil win over Dalbeatty Star. Uh, that was followed up though with a two nil defeat at Stirling University. Stirling University in the next round of the Scottish Cup, I think. The, f- the first university side, I think, in Scotland to get that far in the Scottish Cup. I'm sure I read that somewhere. Um, this weekend they face a home tie with East Stirlingshire. Um, Sam Fishburne, 
you, I think you highlighted this one to me, Dan, didn't you? I think you found the the video for, of his uh, of his appearance at the weekend. So, Morpeth Town had gone on a run, I think, of seven games without a goal. Sam ended that run, didn't he? Um, didn't have. Yeah, he got a goal in a two-two draw with Matlock Town. Um, they did actually lose one 0 against South Shields before this game. No shame in that, though, is it really? Because South Shields have well, South, South Shields are the the money club, aren't they? Yeah, there was some some fairly fruity language used, wasn't there? I think it's fair to say. Yeah, if you if, you, a... if you go on the uh, the Morph of Town Twitter and find, I think it must have been a fan recording it behind the yeah. goal. <laughs> and there's uh, some some interesting industrial language yes. as the goal scored. Yes. Quite yes. funny. It's fair to say that, isn't it? I think it's fair to say. Um, next up for them, they've got a home tie against Gainsborough Trinity this weekend. Uh, Lewis Boyd. Uh, I think his spells come to an end at Carl City because they've only played one game since then, which was a 5-1 win at Whitley Bay. And he wasn't in net for that game. And Nick Townsley uh, came back in for the Sky Blues um, and he wasn't even on the bench. So if that's the end of his loan spell, I mean, 11 games at um, men's level football, good experience for him, isn't it, Dan, really? That's what yeah, yeah, that's, that's all you can right. say. Yeah, Not Good to help out uh, one of the neighbours. Yep. Uh, and then um, finally, uh, Dan Hill. Um, he's at Cleetmore Celtic. Um, it's incredible. This all four of them scored <laughs> that played this weekend, didn't they? Dan Hill got his first goal for Cleetmore Celtic. Uh, it was only his second appearance. They only played one game over the Christmas period, unfortunately, because again, like all the other games, weather really badly affected the fixtures. Um, unfortunately, it was a four-two defeat against Hulker Old Boys, who were pushing for promotion in Cleetmore Celtic's division. Is that um, classed as a derby in that league? Then Hulker. I suppose it Hulker. is, to be honest, because it's not actually that yeah. far, is it? It's a lot. No. You know, it's not closer than most. So um, probably still takes about two hours between. Oh, the two oh god, league, yeah. But... I mean, really long time to get down there. But there you go. So four-two defeat. Uh, the next up for them is a home game against Steeton this weekend. Right. So that's the loan watch uh, wrapped up. Then Dan. Um, well, let's get on to listener questions then. So, as you said, as what I said, sorry, at the start, um, no games to review this week. So, that's because of the enforced break, thanks to Hartlepool's success, if you want to put it that way, in the FA Cup. Um, although they got battered by Stoke, didn't they, in the first round? Uh, yeah. Third round, sorry. Okay. Um, we've opened the floor on social media to your Cal United questions for us to answer. Um, I've put them all down into the running order. We're not necessarily going to answer them, but explain why we won't answer some of them. We're going to try and answer as many as we can. We might combine a few of them together. I've sort of put them into categories to make it easier for us to find them, Dan. So uh, we'll start off, shall we? Let's get straight into it. Uh, let's do one. some of the ones are based on the current team, basically, these questions. So Luke Graham underscore 95 on Instagram. Uh, he asked, if everyone is fit, uh, what is your front three? And how many points do you think we'll need out of the last 22 games to go up automatically. Right, you can go well, up first on this. Front, front three is interesting because sometimes we play more of a two. Yeah. So if if we do have two, I would say it's probably Dennis and Edmonton, but that's more as an old-fashioned two. Yeah. Whereas if it was three, I think you would probably have a fit Patrick on the left. Uh Edmondson or Dennis up front, maybe replacing each other. And the right-hand side, if he's on his game, Jordan Gibson. But it depends if he's on his game, you know. I think I'd agree with that. I don't think there's, there's too much to disagree with there. It's it's difficult because Edmondson's done so well when, he, when he's coming in. He's played yeah, well on yeah. the left, actually. 
But I think on the top of his game, Patrick goes on the left, definitely. And like, yeah, yeah, on the right. and then, his, his pace alone, you know. And then you almost flip a coin in terms of Dennis and Edmondson. I think Dennis, as much as he's got all his goals, Edmondson will suit some other games better. Cause of yeah, I think, I, think, I think some of it would, would depend. You know, I mean, if it, if you're up against, uh, was it Walsall who had the big back line? I'd yeah. pick Edmondson to battle against them, you yeah. know, and then bring Dennis on with half an hour to go sort of thing. And there'll be other games where you would maybe start Dennis and bring Edmondson on so they think, oh Christ, not this for half an hour, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And also it depends on whether uh, Big John Kimani signs, doesn't it really? Yeah, signs or that, that someone, some, someone else who was mentioned last week as well. Well, yes, if uh, if Mr Garner turns up, that that, that yeah. one's still bubbling away as well. You never know with that one. We'll have to wait yeah. and see. He wasn't in the Fleetwood team against QPR. Wasn't even on the bench and they had nine subs available. So. Yeah. Something's definitely bubbling there, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd agree with you that in terms of the front three. In terms of the number of points we need from the last 22 games to go up automatically, it's a difficult one to judge because normally, I think I'd say about, it's about the 78 mark, isn't it, I think, round about yeah. what we need. So that would, that would mean we need probably... We're, we're, about, we're, on, we're on 39 points in yeah. 24 games. I would suggest a similar performance wouldn't put us far off third place. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's that's. that's so I think you're looking right. at you're looking at eighty. You're looking at eighty. You're talking forty-one points in twenty-two games. It's a hard one to judge because Orient and Stevenage have been so phenomenally good this season. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. look at their records. He's he's quite incredible, actually, isn't it? It's interesting, actually. You look at it. We've scored as many goals. We've scored more goals than both Stevenage and Orient. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the only team def- that, their defenses are excellent. Yeah, the only team that's scored more more goals than us is Northampton. And they played a game more, it should be said as well, actually. So yeah. we are quite a free scoring side this season, it's yeah, fair to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly more than Gillingham, still on seven goals. I mean, <coughs> God, must be I, I, I would say a repeat of what we've done so far with yeah. an extra three points, and we should we, we would be there, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think we can do that if we, we keep yeah. uh, keep the squad fairly strong. Um, right, Ross Parkinson, our good friend Ross, he's asked three questions, right? So I'm going to, we'll try and wrap through these quickly. Why are we as a fan base so obsessed with former players? He said, having just talked about potentially re-signing if Joe we Garner. Knew, if we knew the answer to this, I'd be telling everyone Friday's you know million numbers. I don't think it's we're any different. One of the- Ah, we are. I think we are. I don't think we're any different to other clubs. You know, I, I know fans of some other clubs, and I know they're quite obsessed with some of their former I, players. I, I suppose. I suppose we're very Carlisle centric in our yeah. views because you know that's our team, and, and I'm think, not interested in who Crew also want to resign. But there definitely, there definitely is a, a few folk going over the top. I, I think I think there's, there's a thing as well. We've been so isolated as a football club. We've known yeah, the football club yeah. nearby. When a player comes to us and does well and he's fairly loyal and, you know, looks committed to the club, we do take them quite strongly, don't we? We do gain an affinity really there. So I, I can see that being part of the reason maybe, but, you know. I, I think I, th- I think that as well. I think in the modern game, it's going a bit, you know, that doesn't happen as much now. You know, when, when I first started watching football, players would play for two, maybe three clubs in the career yeah. and that would be it. Now, by the time they're 25, they're playing for 10 clubs. Yeah. Because of loans, etc. So, yeah. yeah, it's very it's very different these days, isn't it, I suppose. Um, right, is uh, next question. Uh, best slash worst Simo signing across both spells. Should we try to split this up into the two different spells, maybe? That might be the best way of doing this. So, let's go for his first spell as manager. Who was his uh, best signing and his worst signing then, Dan? 
I think purely in the first spell, purely... Uh, oh, I'm moving an R in here. I, mean, I would I would suggest you'd probably have to say purely on his goals, Carl Hawley. Okay. So that's interesting, because I think a lot of people go Michael Bridges, because he's the one who yeah, took us I'll, to the next level. Bridges, Bridges is the obvious answer. Well, I'm I'm going to I'm gonna not say Bridges either, actually. I'm going to yeah. say Kevin Gray for the impact he had. I was just going to say that there's a couple of defenders that you could, yeah. you could be. But my best, purely on goals, Carl Hawley for yeah. me. Yeah, for the goals and, and the amount he cost, you know, in terms of wage probably and, and you know, getting into the club, Hawley has to be up there as well. But for me, Kevin Gray, just for the impact he had in terms of the way, the way he changed the professionalism around the, the squad. Because at that time, it, it's amazing to think it was what, it was what, nearly 20 years ago now, wasn't it? In fact, it, yeah, it's 20 years ago. What a shambles we were back then off the field. Yeah. Like it, 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 the professionalism was at a, such a low level in terms of the, the playing squad, the way they were behaving. And he made a big difference. And his performances as well, all the way through until Simo left. He, he was outstanding, wasn't he? So, so yeah, Kev Gray for me. Uh, it's worst in that spell. I'll, I'll go with Mark Rivers. I for, the, for the level of disappointment. You, I will trade you Mark Rivers for Jamie McLean. Uh, I, I feel like there was more expectation with Rivers because he came in mid-season when we were doing well and there was a feeling of like he could be that extra little spark to keep us up there and yeah, he just didn't have yeah. the impact. McLean never really... McLean was... Because he was brought on a such a short-term deal as well. I don't think he was even brought on a season-long deal. I think it was half-season. I think it was a half-season or something. I don't yeah. think the expectation was quite there, but I do get it. I think there was a feeling of, oh, McLean, you know, he's played in the Premier yeah. League. He's a I mean, the, the, there wasn't many, to be fair, in that period. No, no. I'm sure you could probably find some from the first season possibly you weren't yeah. quite as good but you know there's players who came in and did did good decent jobs so there you go in terms of his current spell I would go best signing <sighs> so far we've only really had the summer so yeah Owen Moxon wins Owen Moxon. in terms of worst I think I think it's quite harsh yeah I would say purely on the fact he's not really played because of injury probably Ben Barkley and that's that's not a slam to Ben no. Barkley. Yeah, I, I get circum- that. Circumstances have dictated because of his injuries. Yeah. He's not really yeah. had a chance. I'd I'd say Sonny Hilton, and for some reason, it just hasn't. Not that he's been awful or dreadful, and, and, and yeah. it's a harsh way to say worse. But he just hasn't probably made the impact we'd hoped. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he might fit in better somewhere else. But there you go. Um, he's got another question about most likable player in the squad. I mean. For me, it's got to be John Mellish, but you know, we'll, we'll upset a few people by saying that. Well, well like no, no. <laughs> I, I think, in terms of likability, I think Big Thomas Hall is up there. Oh yeah, no, no actually, it's a fair point. That's a very yeah, fair point, yeah. actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll he's, he's, very, he's very slick on his socials. He clearly loves it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely. I know. He, he was good. He was good crack when you interviewed him. So I'd, I'd put Thomas up there. No, no, spot on. I'll give you that one definitely. Uh, right, let's move on. Craig Mattinson. He asked a question on Twitter. He said he wants to know our opinion on John Mellish in midfield. Stopgap or permanent solution? Me personally, it would only be to close the game out or in an emergency. But in recent weeks, it has been the go-to option. Defender all day long for me. Uh, I, I, I tend to agree he's better in defence. But I think he's I think he's a much more controlled midfielder than he was under Beach. Under Beach, he was, mu- he was very much a nuisance battering ram option. But actually, when you watch him when he plays further up the field in the midfield now, he's he's definitely a lot better on the ball than he was. And, his first so, touch so, was dreadful when he was first. For me, I think Craig sort of answered his own question there because yeah. 
for me, he is the left-sided defender and his runs out of defence are a big part of what we do. Yeah. Equally, there are games where he has been pushed up into midfield you know, to change a tactic and it's worked or to close a game out, etc. Yeah. So, yeah, defender for me, but no complaints as when he does play midfield. Yeah, def- de- he's definitely got better in that role as well, definitely, I'd say that. Yeah. Um, Beautiful Bass on Twitter. He's asked... How long do you lads think Simo will be at Carlisle? If he continues to do well, other clubs will take note and despite being a Cumbrian, money can be very persuasive. Also, while he's here, should someone like Granger, John, Jans- <coughs> sorry, Janssen, Bridges, etc. be brought in with an eye to the future? Um, well, first off, in terms of how long do you think he'll stay? I think he'll stay a lot longer this time. I don't think it's going to be quite as persuasive to, to go to a bigger club because I think he's, it's a little bit... Once bitten, twice shy, isn't it, with this one, would you say? He's he's also done a lot in the game this time round. You know, yeah. we're talking nearly 20, 20 years, nearly, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, he, he has moved house a lot. He's, he's said that in interviews, you know. Maybe maybe now is the time to start putting your, your roots back down as you, as you move through the yeah. later well, stages of your career, etc. He's, he's 57 this year, isn't he, I think. And um, he's obviously had the health scare as well that we all know about. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, which, which some, something like that certainly makes people reflect on a lot of things in life. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, we, we all know people who've had uh, illnesses and scares, etc. And yeah. you know, you reevaluate a lot of stuff, don't yeah. you? And, uh, yeah. Oh, we're, so, we're, put, we're putting words a little bit into his mouth here, but I think I think yeah. I, I think he's been quite clear that he's very happy, and he's you know there was a lot of talk of you know Derby potentially being interested in this and. Nothing came. I'm sure other clubs will have shown interest, but I think it helps that he's so well liked here as well. I genuinely think that makes a difference. I think he's got to the stage now where he's been at other clubs. He's got abuse, and he and and it does help sometimes. You know, you. I know he says, you know, look, if I get bad results, I'll be out. But I think he also knows he'll be given a lot more time here than he would any other club. I could actually see him becoming Greg Abbott in a few years. Yeah, I think possibly. I think, Greg, I think Greg's a couple of year, two and a half year older than him. Yeah, but. Obviously, Greg's not from the area. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, Greg's loving doing the job at the moment. Will that last forever? Who knows? You know, there could be a time when Paul Simpson sort of does move more into that position. Yeah. But hopefully not for a while yet because we've got a championship to get into. Exactly. And uh, the question about in terms of bringing someone like a Granger, Janssen or Bridges in, I think there's always a danger with that. Yeah, you want to get someone locally involved. You've already got someone like Gavin Skelton there. He's a local lad. And he, and you know what? Several managers have been in now. And I know there's a lot of talk all, you know, the, the club, you know. If a manager really came in and said, look, I want my own assistant in, the club would get rid of Skelton. That's that's the way the world works. Yeah, that's just the reality of it. Every manager who's come in has been quite happy to work with him. And Simo talks really yeah. highly of him. Maybe we need to look at him. Maybe he's potentially been the one who's trained up to actually take on the management role when Simo decides he's had enough, hopefully in a decade's time. <laughs> Or something like that. I don't know. It's yeah. I, I'm for me. Granger's much better off staying at Reds at the moment and learning about being a manager there and trying to get. There was up. speaking of Granger. There was a whisper that he may have been in the running for the Queen of the South job in the last oh, couple of weeks. Came of that because they've appointed someone. But... Marvin Bartley. They've appointed who was yes, it was our Marvin job, Bartley. Wasn't he? Yeah, I think yeah. last time around. Yeah, when Millen got it. Um, yeah. 
So there you go. So yeah, that that that's that one covered. Um, uh, Phil J Hind, who's um, my cousin's partner, actually. Um, he said, "How do you think we'll get on next season if we go up up the Blues?" And we're not going to answer that one, Phil, because we don't want to tempt fate. You know, Champions. Well, well, we'll piss that shitty league. Is basically what you're saying. Yeah. Um, basically, we're not going to answer that one because we do not want to tempt fate. We still got we still got promotion to win at this season. So, so there you go. Uh, Jim Owen on Twitter. He's asked. What do the lads think of the transfer activity so far in and out, the rumours of incoming and who would they like to bring in if given the chance? We won't answer this one this week, Jim, because what we'll do is we'll talk more about transfers in the coming weeks, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we we, we did sort of give our opinion on uh, the McCallment and the possible Palace yeah. lads. So yeah. we have half covered that. So we have covered that, but we'll start to cover that later in the window. We'll also start looking at some of the League 2 transfers because there's been some really interesting ones. I mean, the work Gillingham have done so far, blimey. I think they've given themselves a good chance of staying up, definitely, with the, the money they've spent. Um, finally, in terms of the current players, one, uh, CUFC Andy uh, on Twitter has asked, um, who do you think has been the best team we've played this season, home or away? Um, hmm, tough one, this one. I mean, I, I was quite impressed by Stockport. Yeah. Because we, we were poor. Yeah. They played well, and they were quite lowly in the league at the time. They controlled that game. That's the thing that impressed yeah, me with that. Yeah. They, they, they certainly, they, you know, they, they played some really good stuff. I mean, interesting, when we played Crew at home, they played, they were actually okay. It was a bad game, that, but they, they didn't look too bad a team. It's, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a tough one to judge because we haven't, neither of us have been to, seen all the teams. I think there's some of the teams that neither of us have seen. I mean, Orient were just such an, for that first half an hour or so, were such an efficient side in the way they they played. Well, um, we deserved a point off them, whereas Stevenage beat us comprehensively earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a fair point. So, yeah, it, it, I think we both agree, Sopport County. And I think we're yeah, both, yeah. both in agreement that we expect them to be in the playoffs, I think, come yeah, the season, yeah. at the minimum. I wouldn't be amazed to see them shoot passes and go into the top three, to be honest, because they've, they've made some strong signings in the January transfer window. Right, let's talk about past players. <laughs> Talking about uh, former players and stuff like that, obsessions. Um, Lewis Rids on Instagram has asked, which player we've been linked with over the past years do you most wish we'd signed? There is only one answer to this question. Player X. That is player X. <laughs> Mark Kinsella, for those, for those who aren't aware, back in the, the glory days of the Footy Mad Forum, uh, when John Courtney had the club, yeah. there was a rumour that Player X was going to sign and he was a Republic of Ireland international, etc. Yeah. It turned out that the player X was allegedly Mark Kinsella, who was at Aston Villa <laughs> at the time. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it never happened. I think he actually went to Walsall. Yes. Not long right, after. Yeah, yeah. I think we we were maybe linked in the, this sort of time, January. Well, was he at Colchester? Somebody... Maybe somewhere like that. I think possibly. I can't remember. Yeah, but he we went to uh, Walsall from Villa. Yeah. So... Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put. Two out there that I'm thinking of. Um, one of them is Peter Beardsley the second time around in the late 90s and there was rumours yeah, of him. Well, yeah. Knighton nearly did sign him, didn't he? There was a photo yeah. of him shaking hands. And then he went, he went to Hartlepool. Yeah, instead. So that just just because my dad always talks about how good a football he was and yeah. even, neither of us got to see him play for Carl United so it would have been amazing to see him play even in the twilight of his career. And the other one was one that was linked to one of the great Carl United rumours of all time. The alleged takeover by Robert Wiseman Dairies of the club. Uh, yeah. And the rumour that Ali McCoyce was going to come in as player manager. Yeah. I, I mean, because at that time, he was still a hell of a good player, McCoyce, at that point, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. So that would have been very exciting. So that's the one I always like, 
I think, oh, that would have been quite exciting, wouldn't it? But other than that, it's hard because there's so many different names get thrown about and you don't know how serious some of the rumours are, do you? So, so yeah, that, 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 that's with the case with that one, I think. Um, right. Uh, well, no, 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 I'm going to say jump here because that leads us on to Andrew McTurnan's question. Yes. Oh, no, no, that's a good, good point, actually, yeah. So Andrew McTurnan on Instagram has asked, he says, as a Geordie, he says his grandma and mum were both from Carlisle and a Newcastle fan. I'll ask a NUFC Carlisle-related question. If you could have only one, who would you rather, Peter Beardsley or Michael Bridges, in your Cali United team? Well, I'm probably going to annoy most of our listenership. And I'm going to plump for Beardsley. I'd, I'd agree. Purely, Beards- don't, don't get me wrong, Michael Bridges was brilliant at this football yeah. club. But due to his injuries, he never quite got to his full potential, I think. No. Whereas Peter Beardsley was virgin on elite level. Yeah. I mean, I grew up watching the likes of Peter Beardsley playing for Liverpool, Newcastle, and he was different gravy. Yeah, he was. He really was. He was. He was. If you've got to go back and watch some of the great footage of him playing, and you'll see just how good a player he was, really, from his early years. I mean, I said that his early years, that Newcastle United entertainment side of the early to mid 90s. He played a big part in that as well, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. He was still a great player then. So, so there you go. So, yeah, I think I'd, I'd agree with you. I'd go with Beardsley. As much as I love Michael Bridges from his time yeah, with us. Yeah, yeah. As well as that, just because I'd never got to see him play for Carlisle. It would have been great to see it again, but there you go. Um, Kyle Dixon on Twitter. He's also asked, um, is there any past Carlisle player that you didn't rate highly at the time that they were here, but looking back now, past clips or whatever, you appreciate more now and wish you had realised how good they were or how important they were to the team back then when they were playing here. Any you can think of, Dan? Uh, not much. I'll tell you, a bit of a weird one. I always thought Westwood was a decent keeper. It was only when he started playing for like the Chef Wed in the Championship he showed what a good keeper he was, if that makes sense. I think his best season was his final season. Was and I think the other seasons he was good but he was never quite at the extraordinary yeah, levels he got to yeah. in that last season. That's the yeah. difference. And that's not to say I think he was terrible for us. By no no level was he terrible for us. He just, I think it was one of those. The only ones he moved up to the leagues that I thought, bloody hell, he is a player, you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, John McGill loved me mentioning this one, but it's not one I didn't rate at the time, but Paul Furwell, when you look back now and how good he was, and, he, and the problem is he didn't play enough games because he was injured a lot of the time. But how good he actually was in that Carlisle team and how he made them tick at times and how he the role he did, you kind of appreciated once he sort of dropped off and started to struggle and you know wasn't quite the same level he was before in his final season. You kind of started to realise, oh, actually, he was a very good player for us, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that, that's one case with him. It's one I'd need to have a bit more of a think about that one, Kyle, actually, because that... Yeah, I'd have to go look back at some teams and look at some of the squads and think, yeah, actually, you yeah. know what, he was a good player because there have been so many players for us down the years. It's, you, you lose track <laughs> yeah. a little bit. But there you go. Uh, Mike Collier, well, I'll put this one in, even though uh, John Coleman's answered this one for us. He said, simply only one question asked. This is Mike Collier. Uh, was David Curry's goal of the season against Rochdale in 94-95 wind-assisted? Uh, John Coleman answered 10. I'll answer that one. The wind was Curry-assisted. Um, I don't know about this one. I always think it was. I think it is a little bit windy. I mean, the weather that night was horrendous, wasn't it? From what I remember, the one against... Oh, no, actually, what, 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 what happened was, as he hit the ball, he flicked his mullet and it yeah. created a mini tornado, which helped the ball. 
that, that brings us on to a question coming up soon as well, actually, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, that, that's your answer for that one, uh, Mark. Uh, Martin Robson, who's a lad, Craig. He's a regular contributor to the 60-second reviews. Um, his question, what's your strangest ever encounter with a current slash former player, i.e. supermarket, nightclub, bookies, obscure holiday destination? Dan, you've told me you can't answer this one because you've got oh, yeah. trouble. There, there is a couple that I, I, I can't. I, I, not, not, nothing terrible, but just it wouldn't be fair because no. I, I was mate with a couple of players at yeah. the time. Uh, I mean, the thing with Carlisle is with a lot of players now tend not to live here, so it's yeah. less likely to see them. Uh, I'm, I can't think of any really obscure ones you know yeah, I'm, I mean the only ones I can think of I say Clint Hill I've had train cans with uh, or, or, yeah, I say train yeah. cans with it was in the same carriage as me we were going back to Liverpool and I've seen him at, uh, at Lime Street Station actually as well on his way up to Carlisle when I was on my way into work one day uh, and Jeff Thorpe in the chippy after a Carlisle game in Cockermouth that's that's about as good as I get him I'm afraid mine mm. uh, if any listeners I'm, have got I'm, anyone I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I've got a good one involving uh, Graham Anthony who's, who's, who uh, I know quite well I remember once when the team used to have a Wednesday night out in Buskers, bumping <laughs> into Graham Anthony, walking home with his kebab, and he was uh, he was a touch drunken, shall we say? <laughs> and uh, me, me and another fella convinced him that red cabbage in a kebab was evil, so he, he walked down the road picking all the red cabbage out <laughs> on his way back home, which was brilliant. Superb stuff. Um, right, up next, Fish Island Blues. He's given us three questions, right? What I'm going to do is we'll answer some of the ones that are on another time. And we'll... Um, well, we'll let, let's look at the... Should we do the middle question, Dan? I think that's the best one to do, the three he's given us. Um, yeah. So, obviously, three questions. What The one we're going to answer is, which game slash moment slash player or season made you Cal United through and through and why? I mean, for me, 94-95 season, because the first one I went, and it was just incredible. And... It was that game against Berry, the three 0 win. It was my first ever game, and you couldn't really pick a better first ever game to go to. We got in at half one to make sure we got into the game because <laughs> obviously it ended up being a, they didn't do all ticket back then for a lot of the games. So basically, you had to make sure you got in early, and it was first against second on the twenty seventh of December, was it? I think. Um, sat in on that, you know, where the gate is at the top end of the where the Warwick meets the paddock. Sat yeah. on the wall at the front down there, and I remember this fella coming up to it, and I had my program. And my dad's like, "Give it to him." And he, and he scribbles his name on it, and I said, like, "Who's he?" It's like Mick Wadsworth. He's the manager. So that that was yeah. incredibly exciting, and like, I mean, just for the atmosphere and everything about it, that got me hooked. So that, that that's the answer for me. It's as simple yeah. as that. For you, Dan? my 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 first season was eight five eighty six. We got relegated. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we got relegated in my first two seasons, and then in the yeah. third one finished twenty third out of twenty four. So, but I remember the uh, it was my second, my third or fourth match of the season. And it was my first, I think it was my first Tuesday night game. No, I'd, no, I'd done the Palace game, definitely. Mm. I'll have to recheck my footballology. But I remember we played Oldham at home on a Tuesday night in 85, September, you know, just back at school. Yeah. You know, a big thing going to a midweek match because I was only seven and a half. And we beat Oldham 3 1. I was sat on the wall at the front of the Warwick. I can remember Andy Gorham was in goal for Oldham. And it was just, you know, Oldham just seemed some sort of magical team to me for for some <laughs> unknown reason. And we we beat them three one under the floodlights, and I was just like, yeah, I like this. I like coming here. Yeah, and that that was me. 
The next two and a half seasons were utterly shite. But <laughs> apart from that, yeah. Do you know who the goal scorers were that day? Oh, not for the top of my head. I'd have to have a look. It was a brace for Hill and a goal for Gavin. I don't know who Gavin is, actually. I'm trying to work it out that. So you probably know that better than me, to be honest. Um, let me just double check the names on this. Da, da, da. I'm, I'm, I'm very quickly looking through here uh, the player play it was. Um, I think it would be it would be Andy Hill. Be the, yeah, uh, Andy Hill. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, Mark Gavin. Is it Mark Gavin? He was a winger from Leeds from memory. Yes, he only played 12 games, scored two goals. Yeah, he didn't play many games. Yeah, so Mark Gavin, absolutely right there. Well done, Dan, for knowing that before I managed to find it in the uh, complete record. So there you go. That's that's our answer to your questions, Fish Island Bruce. Thank you very much for those. Uh, the next ones are all about stadium slash money, so I'm going to try and combine all these three into one almost. So Aldi Disco Pants on Instagram. Great Instagram name, that, by the way. Uh, you get gifted three million to spend on the club. Uh, what do you do with it? And I'm presuming... You have to spend it on the club. You can't do anything else. That's what it, it, it's for. Uh, Tim Martland asks, assuming we had the money, how would you improve slash develop Brunton Park? Would you ever consider a new ground? And Sam Johnston on Twitter as well asks, if money was no option, where would you build a new stadium for the club and what would it be like? So do you want to try and answer these in one go? Dan, right. Assuming the three million has to be spent on the club itself, i.e. Yeah. not repaying the debt. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously, repaying the debt would be number one, but mm-hmm. we'll take out the equation. I would, first of all, if we could stay at Brinton Park and all the surveys show that this is possible, well, then that's the ultimate for me. Uh, if if so, I would knock down the waterworks end. Yeah. And I would at least move the grass up a bit and look to be building a... a I mean, it would be more than three million, but certainly putting the steps in place to build a small stand behind the goal of fifteen hundred, two thousand, which would then become the away end, yeah. and obviously have it in line with the east stand. Yeah. Uh, it would probably cost more than any three million, but yeah. certainly <laughs> some of that three million could be done into the the flattening and preparation. I just think it would tidy the ground up immensely. Uh, I think what else you would do. I'm presuming you're three millions out now. Probably is to be fair. So in terms of if you if you could let us answer Sam's question quickly, if you could move the ground anywhere, basically, obviously presuming Brunton Park's not an option anymore, where, where would you go to? I did like the idea that was floated of down where the car parks are by the railway line. I was thinking the thing is if 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 you moved Brunton Park into that on the map and you put it there, it's I mean to say it's tight is an understatement. It's and it's access tight. would be very difficult as well. That's the one. But as well. I think it's doable with a bit of ingenuity. And believe me, I've sat on night shift at work <laughs> and thought about this many times in the quiet hours of night. Oh, you know. Also, it should be pointed out. You you just move it from one flood risk to another when you go there. That's there's the problem. Of, isn't it? There's ways of means. It's twenty twenty three. Uh, there's ways of means. I know. But it, I mean, basically, you design your bottom. Stand the bottom of your stands to basically be shells, don't you? That's what you do, yeah, like, yeah. like what it should be now. You put it back. Uh, if, yeah, what, the, one thing that would give though would be one of the biggest advertising hoardings in the world beside yeah, the West Coast Main Line, indeed, where trains are traveling slowly because they're coming into and out of Carlisle. Yeah, that's very true. It's a very good point. That um, revenue, 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 exactly. Uh, in terms of the three million for me, if I had, I wouldn't focus on the waterworks, I'd probably. 
knock down the main stand controversially and build a new one in the same style with the terracing at the front. Don't you panic, I worry. I'm with you on that one. But I'd sort of redo and sort of have the seats above. But what I'd do is um, I'd have like a, a tunnel, almost um, like, not tunnel, sorry. I'd, I'd basically build the bottom bit into almost a big social club bar style thing. If, if, I, had, if I had unlimited money, yeah. we'll put a couple of zeros on this three million. Yeah. I would look to potentially turn the ground round 90 degrees. Eh, not the worst it would be the a hell of a job, but and you would obviously have to buy some land off a rugby club and come to agreements and that. You'd have to ground share for a few years somewhere, probably as well. But yeah, the Tot- Tottenham managed it pretty much, apart from Vita Wembley. Yeah, I suppose we could. I think it'd be possible. Yeah, I suppose we could go down to Morecambe for a couple of years, couldn't we? Ah, <laughs> oh, like no, we'd just play in a two-part stadium. Yeah, <laughs> well, you never know. Um, no, no, that's, that's, that's an interesting way of looking at it. There you go. I think we try to answer that as much as possible. Basically, we'd love to stay at Brunton Park. In terms of where I'd move it to, other than that viaduct option, the only option I can think of, but the problem is it's quite a bit out of town, is where they're going to build the new Southern Bypass. Uh, Morton, somewhere down that way. Somewhere different. But the problem is you're moving it so far away from where it is. It... it any 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 move now, there's there's pretty much not many options due yeah. to traffic, etc. So yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the challenge. But there you go. You're looking at you would be looking at somewhere by the motorway or one of the bypasses. Yeah, definitely. Which isn't ideal, but no, no, absolutely not. Um, okay, that's the stadium sort of money questions answered. Um, CFC eleven sort of five aside. Now we've had a few questions on this. One one question was asking us for our um, basically what what is our uh, all time elevens, but we've already covered one of those. We've covered your eleven, haven't we, Dan? Actually, already we need to do mine. We get, I keep saying that. I think I, I don't think I've even finished writing it down. I, I sort of like I started it and then I started thinking, no, I don't want him in. I don't want that in. So I'll have to go back and have a look and see who I'd put in. Um, but yeah, we've basically been asked for our all time Carl United five aside. Someone's asked for a five aside based on the last ten years and. I think, I think the, the five-a-side team would come out your best 11, wouldn't it? That would be the Not natural. necessarily, because it, it, if you're basing it around how you play a five-a-side game, it may be different players you'd have in there, possibly. Yeah. So, um, And someone else also, Matthew Clark, asked us for free current slash past Cal United players to join us free in a, <laughs> in a Brunnell Bugle six-side team. Now, problem with that is I need to know what kind of player uh, Mike is, because I've never played football with Mike. I've played with you a few times, Dan. We're fairly similar players, you're, aren't we? You've got to rephrase that. <coughs> you played football with clip, me. Clip, clip that one. Um, yeah, we've played football together a few times, so I know what kind of player you are. We're fairly similar players, actually, so it'd be a difficult one to work out that. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to those on a later episode, maybe, because they, they need a bit more depth than we've got in terms of time right now. Um, let's go through some of the funny other ones now, then. Um, first up, our good mate Nick Brown on Facebook. He's asked... Um, Favourite pre-match away pub that you've done and our dream pre-season friendly home or away? So I'll let you go first on this one, Dan. Uh, one of my favourite away pubs is always the Coaching Horses at Leighton Orient. It's just, I don't know why, it's, it's a bit of a shit all. I've actually stopped in the Coaching Horses for a week, work-related, uh, in between digs. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I think I, I don't 100% agree with you on that one. I think I'd go with the coach. Well, also, also, well. also linked to that, uh, usually normally have a couple in the Hamilton Hall Weatherspoons before mm. going over to Orient. And it, it always depends whether West Ham or Tottenham are at home, what the 
the sort of patronage is, you know, Tottenham yeah. at home, there'll be Tottenham everywhere. If West Ham are home, there'll be a lot of West Ham. And there's usually one or two away fans. And there's always quite a good atmosphere and a mix at the. But I would say the Hamilton Hall at Liverpool Street in London, going on to the coaching horses and just audience, just one of them top away days, isn't it? Yeah. Always there's, is. There's a, there's a couple of really good pubs actually near Liverpool Street Station, to be fair, that are well worth doing. And, and you know, I like doing as well. It's, it's, it's not a pre-game, I suppose, pub actually. It's supposed to post-match when we go to London. I love going to the Eastern Tap as well. If you've got time, grab a quick pint there. If anyone doesn't know where the Euston Tap is, if you come out the main entrance at Euston, there's a big sort of, it's where the old arch was, isn't it, Dan, I think, with the yeah, station yeah. back in the day. And there's this pub, and it's, it's a weird pub because it's, it's a tiny little room inside, but there's loads of people like drinking commuters, isn't they, usually waiting on the journey back in the evening. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a cracking way pub. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think the cemetery as well in Rochdale is a great one. Yeah, that's always a popular one. Should be frequenting in a couple of weeks' time, I'm hoping. Um, yeah. Yes, I think I'd agree with that. Coaching horses are Pre- uh, Pre-season friendly. Uh, I'd love us to do a proper tour abroad. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not bothered where, you know, there's pl- plenty of options. I, I Scandin- you- Scandinavia would be good, two or three yeah. games. I mean, I think you can probably tell where I'd want us to go and play a pre-season tour, Dan. I'd love it, just Berlin. Let's do some clubs. Well, Let's play, yeah, yeah. play, play Hertha or Union. Play all the smaller clubs, a few smaller clubs. Yeah. Cracking well, I'd, I'd, I'd say Hamburg, obviously. But, yes. uh, yes. any, anywhere abroad for a week would just be brilliant. Yeah. In terms of home, I'm not really fussed, to be honest. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't get that excited about home pre-season games anymore. Just, you know, it's just a, it's almost a bit of a chore sometimes. <laughs> That's the problem, but there you go. Uh, yep, so thanks for that one, Nick. Um, Dorsey on Twitter, he's asked our favourite home and favourite away game. I mean, home games... Favourite ones. I like the games again. I mean, the games against Preston have always been quite good down the years, haven't they? If we're talking about general games or specific, rather than a specific match that's happened, yeah, I'd probably say Preston from the ones I've actually experienced, to be fair. They've always been good ones. Um, in terms of what favourite away games, we always say Orient, don't we? <laughs> but yeah. Rochdale's always a good one, isn't Rochdale, it? You know, yeah. I, I've always quite enjoyed Fulham. Yeah. Until we got beat five uh, 0 <laughs> on the Easter Monday ninety eight of them. I've never seen us play at Fulham, but I've been there for yeah. a game and it is a crack. It's a lovely I mean, day out that, by the time. That 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 three one win in ninety four was yeah. one of my all time favourite away games. It's just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. What's your favourite yeah. sort of home game? Would you say then? Uh, I like anywhere there's a decent crowd. You know, I mean, you know, I. My mid nineties, we played Preston, Wigan, Burnley all the time. You yeah, know, it was always an atmosphere, a good crowd, a good away following. I loved them, you know, and that, that's why it annoys me that we're so low in the league. Yeah, well, hopefully we're playing Wigan next season in League One. Yeah, yeah, it's going. First ever trip to the DW. That's what we're dreaming of. Will Stevenson on Twitter. He's asked top three Carlisle home games and away games you've attended. We'll try and do this quick fire. Uh, do you want to have a quick go going quick fire? That uh, away, I've obviously mentioned Fulham. Yep. That was that was brilliant. Uh, do we class Wembley as an away game? Yeah, first time coming out of Wembley yeah. is special, regardless. Yeah. Uh, uh, this, oh, I'd have to have a proper think about this. I really would. Because I, I, I could say a three today, yeah. and then I'd probably change it tomorrow yeah. apart from Fulham. Yeah. Well, for my free away games, I'm going to go um, straight out the 5-0 win at Darlington. Incredible. Hilarious watching that fat guy getting chucked out in the home end at the uh, the Reynolds Arena. Um, second, I'm surprised you didn't pick this one because you scored in this game. 
the one nil win at Chester. Absolutely <laughs> dreadful game of football, but for those few minutes at the end, it was the most incredible feeling, wasn't it? Yeah, that one nil yeah. win. Scud for three two were tenable for eighty minutes, yeah. but. Yeah. The last 15 doesn't and the atmosphere to, at the end. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be a good a good yeah. performance, is it? That's the thing. Uh, as well as that, so I've picked those two. And then it's a straight fight between two different trips to Mansfield. Either the one where we won promotion with the 1-1 draw uh, with Hawley's late goal. Or the 3-2 win where, yeah, we went down a week later against Cheltenham. But the feeling when Glennon saved that penalty was unbelievable. That, that's got to be up there as one of the best moments as a Carlisle fan. Uh and in terms of home games, well, I've got to say the free the free nil win against Berry, my first game. Berry's definitely up there. Berry's yeah. got to be up. I think we both agree on that one, don't we? Yeah. Um, uh, other ones, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I, I really enjoyed that two one win over Huddersfield a few years back when Miller got that late goal, just because I thought we played some brilliant football that day against a really good team. Huddersfield, and, when we put four past them in the trophy, that was a good night. It was a good night, to be fair, yeah. But I, I just think yeah. that league game, because I just thought at that point, yes, we can make the playoffs. Leeds 3-1, that's a great home yes. game. Oh, yeah, Le- Leeds 3-1 yeah. as well. So they're my three. Do you know, do you know something? I, I, I don't think I could pick three. Yeah, it's hard, I really it? don't, yeah. It's hard. We'll have to start doing a greatest games podcast, talk about the great games yeah. down the years, yeah. won't we? Um, right, okay. Well, we uh, could do them in, in sort of 90s, 0s, yeah, 10s. We could do, definitely. Um Ryan Hogarth is on Facebook. He's asked us our favourite ever chance about a player. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Can you think of it? I think one? some people would suggest the Chris Billy song. Yes, but we won't repeat that because it's got some no, particular no. lyrics. Um, uh, I don't. I, I, like, I like a bit of Jabbo's on fire, basically. Just yeah. the excitement of it. I, we'd have to, I'd have to have a think about that one because I have to, again, I'd have to go back and look through plays then because I forget the chance from yesteryear sometimes. Yeah, don't I? yeah. Tough one to remember. Um... Ryan Devlin, who would be your dream CUFC guest to get on the podcast? Well, we've, we've talked about this before. There's, we? Mike... there's only the, the main one for me would be Michael Knighton. Yeah, just to ask him some questions. And, yeah. and we'd be fair with him. And we'd be tough, but we'd be fair. You know, we could ask, yeah, we yeah. ask questions about what happened towards the end because we went to that. We went to the uh, the evening with, didn't we, at the old fire yeah, station? Yeah. And it was good, but there was far too much time spent on his trying to take over Man United. Yeah, I think yeah. about 60-70% of it was on that. Yeah, it was, the one thing, it was more surrounded his book coming out to be yeah, fair. Yeah, it's one it? thing I would have said to the compare was you, you could have hurried him up a little bit on that because yeah, he, yeah. He, he rambled a bit too much on that. So yeah, it'd probably be him. Uh, there's a couple more, but, they, but we're trying to line them up as guests, so I don't really want to mention them. So um, it, it's been a difficult one yeah. trying to organise them, but yeah, they're probably the ones I'd pick, I'd say. Um, right, what's next? Uh, Chris Kendall, top five away kits. Should we not do this one? Because we, we still need to do a history of the away kits, don't we? We've done a history yeah. of the home kits, so that's one we've got to do in the future. So, so Chris... when, when, when we do the away kits, we will we'll give our views on the best yeah. and worst. Yes, absolutely. Yes, we'll be definitely be doing that one. <laughs> uh, I love this one. Jack Oddie on Twitter has asked, top five Carlisle player haircuts, please, lads. Well, this brings us back to Daily Curry, doesn't it? The finest yeah. mullet ever to, to grace the Brunton Park pitch, isn't it? Basti and Harry has to get in for his yeah. hair colours. So that's Curry and Harry definitely in there. Um, uh, I've heard Tom Head. Rod Thomas's Rod Thomas and Rob Peters when they had their sort of mini dreads going on was <laughs> well. That, that's one one haircut combined there, isn't it? So that they've yeah, Rod, yeah. Rod Thomas, uh, David Curry, Basti and Harry. Oh, it's hard, it's hard to say because not been that many exciting ones, I suppose, has there really? Um, no, I, I, can't, I can't think of any. They're the three best, definitely, anyway, so we'll, we'll yeah. stick with them for now. Um, 
Greg Bullman on Twitter. Obviously, you know mine, but do you have any pre-match superstitions regarding the Blues? Obviously, Greg's pre-match superstitions we revealed, I think, last week or a couple of weeks ago, was the uh, apple sour shot before a game, which he's done this season with him and Matty. And every time they've both done it together in the pub before a game, we've won the game or we haven't lost. <laughs> so, so there you go. I don't. No, I, 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 when I'm getting ready on the morning of a game, I'll go into my sock drawer and if my lucky Cal United socks are there, I'll put them on. But if it's a really cold game, I've got a pair of Saint Etienne uh, coloured their their shirt coloured socks that I'll put on. But um, they don't sound very nice. I know they're, they're nice. They're very nice socks. Actually, I'll show you. I'll show, I'll show you a nice picture of them afterwards. Then. Um, so yeah, I don't, no, I don't really. To be honest, no, there's no massive no, superstitions, Greg. I mean, when when I was younger, teenager, meeting mates and that, I would always meet in the same place yeah. at the same time. But it wasn't superstition; it was does, just our route. It was routine more than anything. Does having a bat sausage with chips and gravy from the home and away chippy after the game count as a superstition? Because if it does, I've been doing that for a while. Believe me, um, you, you, you won't be doing that anymore because it is a chippy no more. What? Yeah, this, I, this... I walked past last week and I went, "Oh, over the ways up for that." I looked through the window. All the stuff has gone. I'm devastated. Yeah. You've you've ruined my weekend, Dan. Thanks very much. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the, they must have literally done it overnight. Oh, I don't think it was always busy. I always have to go home the, and away now. It's never quite around, as good. The, the chippy round the corner, though, at the top of Botchergate, does mm. a decent patty. So, uh, home, I'll probably end up going home and away now. Anyway, enough chippy talk. We've got a couple more questions to do. And they are, a couple of them are taking the mickey, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, who is your favourite awful player? Like a player who is really bad for us? That's a really good question, actually. Because you do take a liking sometimes to a player who's bad, who's not that good. I'd probably say Tony Hemmings. I really like Tony Hemmings. <laughs> get, up, get up and down the pitch. He wasn't the greatest player in the I, world. but I quite well, liked Richard Offiong. Oh, God. But I, think he, I think he had problems off the pitch. Yeah, you know, he, I don't think he was ever happy at that point. Yeah, which which aren't a laughing matter senior. Yeah. I, I think he I think he'd basically fallen out of love with the game by that point yeah, really. Yeah, which is yeah. sad really, but there you yeah, go. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think the late nineties, early noughties has got some great candidates for this and I'd put oh, Tony yeah, Hemmings yeah. up there definitely. I think he was yeah. one of my favourites at that time. So so yeah, I'd probably go with I, I like Richard Tracy as well. <laughs> That's a yeah. confession to make to you that I don't think he was ever a ba- as bad a player as he, he made out to be. And and I, I remember back then, back in the early days of the internet, we were quite good friends with his his uh, brother on like the yeah. older chat functions and things like that. And he lovely fella and he, and like I said, really nice people, but just never quite worked out for him at Cal United, so there you go. Um and very quickly, another one from this is from Ticket Addict, I should say, on Twitter. The, these two questions. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how good slash bad has Jenkins been for the club? It, that's a difficult one to comprehend. This one, I think. Um, if you say one's bad and, and ten's good, I, I'd put him as a sort of people may disagree. I'd say a six. Due to my role in kiosk, I'm not going to answer this question. Yeah, fair, fair point. I don't, I don't think it'd be fair. Fair point. No, no, that's a fair point. Yeah. I'd, I'd say six. I think yes, he's made mistakes in that, but I think it's all come from the, it's come from a good place, and, and it, it's hard to know yeah. the place. That's the way I'd look at it. So there you go. That's a fair point, Dan. You, you can't really answer that question. Uh, and then finally, this this is a question from, from Ticket Alex, followed up by one from David Noble. Ticket Alex says, "Are you planning an interview with John Halpin to mark ten years since he retired?" <laughs> and David Noble says, "Was Chris, will Chris Brunskill?" 40 years service episode be out before the John Halpin one. Uh, <laughs> all right, you perish smart asses. Uh, the funny thing is, 
the episode's going to be out by the time you listen to this. So up yours. It's been done. It's ready to go. It's going out on Thursday evening. So so there you go. So um, so yes. So stop being clever. But yeah, thank you everyone for your questions. Really appreciate all them. We've managed to pack them all in as it is. Some of them are going to be covered elsewhere. But there you go. So we're going to take a short break now. And then we'll be back in the second half of the show to look ahead to the new pod game. Hi, I'm Thomas Holy, and you are listening to Brunton Bjorga. Okay, Dan, that's the uh, first half of the show all done. We're into the second half now, and we're going to be looking ahead to the Newport County game this weekend. It's nice to be back in action, isn't it, really, after that uh, enforced two-week break. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it should be an interesting one, this one, I think. Um, Notts County, aside, the, not in the worst form in the world. They're not lost in the last four, but they've also well, not no. won in five. Can I, can I just say, yeah? Notts County are top of the uh, National League. You mean Notts Newport County? County? Newport County, dig. God, I'm not even. I'm not even going back and changing that again, right? That's a mistake. No. The staying in there. So there you go. Newport County. I do apologize. Not quite. Would be an interesting game, wouldn't it? Um, very unexpected. Uh, yes, uh, as usual, the start second half. We've got the behind enemy lines section. Um, this week, we spoke to Ed from the 1912 Exiles Newport County podcast. I think we spoke to Ed earlier in the season, actually, so it's a bit of a familiar voice. Um, what did we chat about? We talk, chatted about their struggles since Mike Flynn's departure, including another change of manager this season, two long-serving players leaving this January, and how Ozzy Zanzali is getting on in South Wales after finally recovering from his injury. So here's a chat I had with Ed earlier this week. So after that long Christmas break, we are indeed back with the Behind Enemy Lines section of the podcast where we talk to a, a fan from a an away podcast or an away blog or forum or something like that about how their team's going on, the, the team we're playing this weekend. And this weekend, of course, we're playing Newport County, which means we're talking to Ed from the 1912 Exiles Newport County podcast. Ed, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Looking forward to a, a long drive up to Carlisle on Saturday. We were just discussing this before we started recording here. You, you, you're coming up with with your eldest, I do believe, for the game this weekend. And it, it's one of those rites of passage for a low league fan, isn't it? You've got to do the longest away trip you possibly can at some point. And for most fans down south, that's going to be Carlisle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've never been to Brooklyn Park before. Um, and a few years ago, yeah, my, my eldest, who's 10, uh, said, what's the furthest away that Newport play? And I said, oh, I don't know, it's probably Carlisle. And he went, great, can we go? Um, and then COVID and all sorts has kept getting in the way. And so, yeah, finally now I think um, we we will hopefully make it as long as the weather doesn't get in the way or the the uh, yeah, the, the M6 tailbacks or whatever, we, we should be there. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what it's like. Well, thankfully, the Brunton Park pitch is in, in good nick these days. So generally... Good. Wet weather doesn't affect it. It's cold weather. That's not what to worry about. But uh, I don't think the weather's supposed to get too cold this weekend, fingers crossed. So uh, we'll uh, we'll wait and see. But let's get into it. Let's talk about Newport County then. Um, so we're halfway through the campaign. Um, what's your thoughts on your season so far? Because, I mean, over recent seasons, you've sort of been the perennial sort of bridesmaid in the playoffs, haven't you? In mm-hmm. a few of those seasons, you've know, just missed out on promotion. Last season, you, you dropped off a little bit. Um, but this campaign's not been great. I think you've not been in the top half. Since I think the opening day of the season, yeah, it's it's been a it's, it already feels like a long season, and it's only January. You know, it's, it's one of those. Um, there was a slight feeling that perhaps we'd overachieved for several years in a row, getting to playoff finals or be, you know flirting yeah. with the playoffs. In, in fact, last season I think we were briefly in the automatic um, places yeah. for yeah around sort of the turn of the year. But um, yeah, things tailed off towards the end of the season last year. Um, Although perhaps we didn't necessarily realise at the time, I think in retrospect we we didn't have a great summer transfer window. Yeah. We we failed to um, bring in reinforcements in key areas, especially midfield, which we'll, we'll probably talk about. Yeah. Um, and then 
Yeah, we we started the season with high ideals, wanting to play good football um, before realising that we, we didn't necessarily have the personnel to uh, to do that and we were getting overrun by teams and out-muscled by teams. Um, and very sadly, it saw our manager, James Robry, uh, sacked in October sort of time. Um, the fans were really sad about that. He was a, a Newport boy. He was the, the golden child of the Football Association of Wales. You know, he's sort of the youngest man to get all of his coaching badges and seemed to have the... Uh, the world at his feet, but it, it just it didn't work out yeah. for him. And um, it, with a heavy heart, we let him go. I think it was the right choice, but um, it, it did leave a, a bad taste in everyone's mouths. Um, and then since then, we made a pragmatic decision. We brought in Graham Copland, who managed at Bristol Rovers and, and Mansfield, uh, amongst others. He is a, a kind of arch pragmatist, and he has come in and steadied the ship. You know, the, the remit he was given was keep us up. Um, which I think he will do, um, but we're we're not pretty to watch. It has to be said, but we will um, work away and grind out results. We've we aren't winning loads of games, but we're very difficult to beat. I think is the consensus. So the we're already at the point in January where we're kind of going. Ugh, we're going to finish <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere kind of 15th, 16th, 17th, somewhere around there. You know, we, we won't be in a relegation scrap, but we won't ever get the opportunity to dream of even challenging for playoffs. Um, so it already feels like we're just kind of treading water till May. But given where we were in October, November, I think probably most of us would settle for that as long as we can improve the playing style over the next six months and, um, yeah, kind of evolve into a, a more attractive team to watch next year. Well, that's a great first answer to that because you've covered my next two questions pretty much. I was going to ask you about James <laughs> Robry and because obviously last time you were on, you, you guys were saying you were keen to give him time, saying he was a local lad, really wanted him to do well. I mean, I think you've pretty much told me what went wrong there, basically, and that he, you know he, he was trying to play a style that just didn't suit you, and you had to make the pragmatic decision in going for Coughlin. Um, Coughlin's an interesting one because he comes into you guys and he had a fairly decent record at Bristol Rovers albeit over a 12 month period rather than over one season and I think it went a bit yeah. wrong towards the end but his record at Mansfield was appalling and I'm pretty sure they pretty much tapped him up didn't they to get him I think they approached yeah. Bristol Rovers so it's one of those ones I suppose it, he almost looks at you as his, maybe his last chance to prove himself as a league boss yeah probably I mean look there's no point pretending otherwise Newport County is not a massively attractive uh, club to go to for an experienced football league manager. So, yeah. um, having made the decision to get rid of Robbery, we the the board were very clear they needed someone who had experience, um, who knew what needed to be done and could grind out results. And um, Coco, as as he's affectionately known, yeah, all right, he's had some some failures, but he's had some successes as well. Um, and you know, he's a very experienced manager, very experienced coach. And I think he he could see how to get the best out of this team. And he, you know, he had, straight away he had an impact. We managed to get a couple of wins under our belt. Um, we stopped shipping cheap goals. Um, and, you know, we've just come off the back of uh, four straight draws, which sort of tells its its own story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we we can go to places like Leighton Orient and grind out a nil nil. Um, you know, we went to AFC Wimbledon on Boxing Day, got a, a respectable draw there. But then you have home games against the likes of Crawley, who you know are on the back of a, te- a terrible run. Yeah. Came to Rodney Brodie with two nil up, and we you know, but again we had the fight in us to come back and get a point out of that. So we're getting. Um, we're getting points, not loads of them, but um, as long as we can 
keep just grinding away at that. And maybe if we can strengthen in January, if we can bring in that that midfielder that we're missing, a kind of um, a, a strong leader in the centre of the park who can dictate the play and um, just help us control games and sort of build a team around them. I think that's what we were missing in August or July it was when the season kicked yeah. off, wasn't it? Um, and we've been conspicuously without that sort of player for the first um, five or six months but I think if we can bring someone in who can do that role then I think we can perhaps start to turn some of those draws into into wins as well yeah a couple of points on that one you picked up four points from already this season so you, you've done yeah, pretty well yeah, in yeah. that sense you, you're one of the few teams that have managed to get results against them which um, is funny we always have the hoodoo over over yeah. Orion um and and you know generally speaking we tend to tend to get more spooked by other teams than teams get spooked by us but for some reason we just always manage to turn it on against Leighton Orion I don't know why um but yeah it's just a, a weird quirk yeah two you talk about getting experienced bosses in could be worse. You could have got Graham Wesley back, couldn't you? So uh, let, let's, let's indeed. Be, yeah, be, even the, the, the mention of his name brings me out in a cold yeah, sweat. Yeah, imagine it would do. Imagine it would do. Um, I just want to ask you about someone else who works for your uh, club, who uh, has a Cal United connection. In that we were the club that brought him over to England when he first came here. Darren Kelly, uh, uh, yes, he's your sporting director now. He he started out at Cal. He was brought in for about hundred grand, I think, from Derry City, and um, <laughs> he never quite hit the expectations that. That was connected to him because I think he was a Northern Ireland under twenty one at the time. There was expectations he would go to be full international, play at a high level. That he joined a very poor Carlos side. Let's just say that. Um, uh, what about the job he's doing? Is I mean, he's something one of those sort of people who just works behind the scenes. You don't really know too much about. Um, so Darren Kelly is the perfect example of the sort of person at a football club who, when everything's going well, their name doesn't get mentioned, um, and as soon as things start going wrong. They get blamed for all of the ills of the world. So he was brought in um, as a sporting director uh, towards the end of Mike Flynn's um, period as manager before he left for for Walsall. And uh, there was a slight feeling that bringing Darren Kelly in as a sporting director was one of the push factors that saw Flynn go. The rationale was that we needed to have more consistency throughout the club so that you know the the academy teams and stuff were were playing the same style of football as the the first team and that we had someone who was focusing on transfers which had been a bit of a mixed bag for for Flynn um and the early signs I think were were relatively good for Darren Kelly with some of the the lone players we brought in last season the likes of Finnazaz, Ollie Cooper, Jake Kane have gone on to to much better things higher up the league um where I think it went wrong was probably actually not his fault. So he was there to try and oversee transfers. And I think James Robry went over his head and insisted on not perhaps bringing in the players who Kelly was recommending and maybe bringing in some of the, the youth players at Cardiff City who uh, Robry had worked with and, and some of those didn't work out. Um, but of course, because we, by common consent, had a bad transfer window that was all laid at, at Kelly's door. <laughs> I think the next month is going to be make or break for Darren Kelly. If we can bring in one or two quality players now and he gets the credit for it, um, I think he'll he'll bed in in that position. But if it goes wrong, I, I wonder whether we may look again at that model of having a sporting director with a, a, a coach or you know first team manager beneath him. He, he talks a good game. You know, whenever he's spoken to fans forums and stuff he always comes across as very likeable very knowledgeable um you know and we hear a lot about his great connections and his marvelous database but <laughs> yeah ultimately he will uh, sink or swim on on the basis of the the players who come through the door 
Well, let's talk about your January transfer window so far, because uh, I, was, I was having a look to try and spot him. Because so I went on Soccer Base, and the first thing I spotted was, oh, you haven't got any low knees mm-hmm. in. And I thought, that seems strange. And it turns out you sent the three low knees back. Or they went back to the clubs at least uh, at the yeah. start of January, didn't they? That didn't quite work out with them. Yeah, I mean, we still have a couple of, of uh, lone players. So Nathan Mariah Welsh, who will probably oh, start on Saturday in midfield, um, who's, we've got a loan from Bournemouth. He's probably been the pick of them um, as a sort of attacking central midfielder. I think he played yeah, we well like, against us, actually, I seem to remember. I think he yeah, he, he looks actually. good. The other one who we really like, and I think we gave him player of the pod in our, our last recording, is Adam Lewis, who's a young left-back from Liverpool. He's not the tallest, um, but in the last three or four weeks, he's really come on, loves a slide tackle, um, sort of player that gets you gets you out your seat, going, get in, you dirty little bastard, as soon as you know <laughs> he goes sending a, a player flying. Um, so we've got we've had a couple of good loanies, but the ones we sent back, um, Chanka Zimba, Hayden Lindley, um, oh yeah, and Thierry Nevers, who's since been signed by Bradford, yeah. they either haven't worked out or they didn't fit the, the system we were playing so you know I think that there was a feeling yeah we'll, we'll send them back and have a another throw of the dice so I suspect in the next uh, maybe in the next few days but certainly in the next few weeks we'll see some other loanies come in the other two significant departures were long-term yeah. Newport County players so Matty Dolan who's been around the place forever um mm has gone to Hartlepool um, on loan till the end of the season and will will doubtless uh, stay on there. So he's from the north, uh, yeah. northeast originally, has a you know wife and young baby up there and wants to go back. And I think we we sort of expected that was going to happen. He hadn't, although he was club captain, he hadn't actually been starting. And so um, that was no great surprise. And then Robbie Wilmot, another one who's been around for uh, for a long time. Um, has gone to to link up again with Mike Flynn at, at Walsall, and again he's one who'd been, you know, maybe on the bench but certainly not starting. Um, Flynn always used to get the best out of him, and, and maybe will do again. But he, he again, he was a winger tr- playing in a system where we don't tend to have wingers. So uh, the the feeling is we've we'll have another throw the dice with some low knees, and then with the wages we've saved on uh, Wilmot and, and Dolan, we can hopefully now bring in that kind of experience central midfielder who can we can now kind of build a team around because you know we've lost a lot of um long-standing players over the last 12 months or so and we probably now need to to um yeah start again almost and, and go right what what is Cotland's philosophy philosophy and how are we going to build a team around it yeah it's interesting you mentioned those two there that was my next question I was going to ask about those two as well um Dolan going, that does explain why, actually, if he's gone back to the north. Because he, he's one, as soon as I saw he was gone, I was like, really? Because I, I, I was surprised because he's one that me and my mate, obviously, like, love to see him sign for Carlisle. But always yeah, yeah. really impresses me every time we've played against him. So, kind of makes sense, I suppose. And sometimes you, you just have that cycle, don't you, where players come to the end of it and you have to move on and almost start again, don't you? Um, let's talk about some of your current squad then. Um, well, we'll start with the one that's got the link to Carlisle. Uh, Amani's just got himself fit and seems to be getting a few goals as well. Ozzy Zanzala. Um, yeah. How, how is he doing now he's managed to get himself fit? Because he was a strange one with us in that he came in from crew at a time when we were right near the top of the division. We had that horrible period where, if you if you remember, we had, I think, f- something... I don't think we played a first-team game for 45 days because of COVID and weather cancellations and stuff like that. And we ended up playing 12 weeks in a row of Saturday Tuesdays. And it basically knackered our season. Yeah, he yeah. came in then, really struggled at the start, and then suddenly found his scoring feet. And I think he scored five in ten at the end of the season. But 
he seems to be one who just doesn't settle anywhere for a long period. So are you optimistic that he's going to do it at the uh, at Rodney Parade? Well, he's one, I, it, weirdly, it's still too early to say. He looked great pre-season, started the season really well, formed a nice partnership with Omar Bogle. You know, he's quick, Sanzala, and can finish well. Then he got a horrendous injury, was out for ages, mm. and he's only really now back at, you know, full match fitness. Yeah. Um, I think there's more to come from him. I think he's one who, you know, once he starts getting a good run of games and a good run of goals, I think, yeah, we've got a, a lot riding on him. In a weird way, I think he's perhaps a, a more dangerous striker than Omar Bogle, even though Bogle is, you know, vastly sort of more experienced. I think Zanzala's the one who maybe gives defenders a slightly harder time. Um, and yeah, I really like the look of him. Certainly his pace terrifies, you know, big lumbering fourth division centre-backs. So um, yeah, I think he, he will come good in the last sort of third of the season, probably. Yeah, he's, he's like I said, he's one of the, it'd be typical if he scored against us the weekend, although by all accounts, from what the Barrow fans told us, he missed an absolute sitter against us last season. When I say sitter, I mean literally three yards out and put it wide. Um, and his season fell apart from that point, apparently, with them. And that's mm-hmm. when he ended up falling out with Cooper and obviously ended up at Exeter and then obviously now with yourselves. Um, uh, well, let's go through some of the rest of your squad, some of the other sort of key men in there. I've, to pick out a few names that always stand out to me. Uh, I mean, Mickey Dimitriou in defence is one that you know always stands out as a player who's done well at this level. Yeah, um, massive long throw as well. You know yeah. that, that that is our um, it's, it's our overused attacking <laughs> option. Is you know the ball goes out anywhere in the opposition final third, and then it's right get big Mickey up. He'll get his towel, dry the ball off, and then launch it into the box. It's it's not always pretty. I've got to be honest; it's not always effective, especially when you do it every single time. Yeah. You know, sometimes oh, it, I think there's a feeling of <laughs> just do a short yeah, one, keep yeah, guessing. But um, you know the 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 stats will tell you that we score a decent amount of goals from it. Yeah, uh, Will Evans in attack. He's, he was an interesting one when he signed, obviously from Barla Town. Um, yeah, we've got a few lads in one. there from the Welsh leagues who who have. It takes them a little while to you know get get used to full time professional football. Um, but yeah, the likes of um, yeah Will Evans, um, Priestley Farquharson, uh, James White have have come from the Welsh leagues and have all broadly worked out. Will Evans works so hard, big, strong, athletic striker, covers a lot of ground, great work rate. Couldn't hit a cow's arse with a banjo mm-hmm. so far this season, but sooner or later, a goal is going to go in off his arse and then he's going to really start firing. It's just confidence, but um, I like, I really like him in terms of his technical attributes. He's just, he's trying too hard to get a goal, you can see. Yeah. I'm just, before we wrap up here, I'm just looking through your squad here on transfer marks. It looks like nearly all of your squad is out of contract at the end of the season. So yeah, it's yeah, quite yeah. a big campaign, isn't it, for a lot of those players, isn't it? A chance for them to impress and either earn new deals with you or move on elsewhere, isn't it? Yeah, I think we will have the usual kind of mass exodus. I think it'll be even greater this season than perhaps in, in recent years, which makes it even more important that we yeah we stay up um, with a yeah. little bit to spare. Um, and then, yeah, we can start that rebuilding job. You know, even some of the promising... Um, younger players, the likes of Farquhar and at centre back, who's been really good for us, is probably likely to move on and get a better offer. That is, you, you know yourself, that's what happens yeah. at this level. Yeah. You know, you get a good young player, they come out of contract, and they'll they'll move on somewhere else, and you're left with the ones who perhaps aren't, aren't so good. But um, it, it is, we are just at that point in the cycle. You know, we've had a good few years of continuity, um, and I think yeah, we we're going to have to almost start again from scratch in the summer. 
Stark reality of being a fan of a lower league club, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that's pretty much it then. Ed, there's only one more thing to do, obviously, that we do at the end of every episode. Uh, every time we do the behind the line section is ask you for your prediction for this weekend. Um, well, I'm, I maybe won't be popular here with with Carlisle fans, but um, I'm going with a, a nil-nil draw on the basis that you know, we are hard to beat at the moment. We've drawn four in a row, like I said. Um, so you've got to say a draw is the most likely result. And I just think it's it will be sod's law if I drive, you know, five, six hours up the motorway and don't see a single goal for it. So, uh, yeah, nil-nil is my prediction. Yeah, well, that, that would be sod's law for us because that would be our 10th draw of the season. So it, it shows you shows you where we've got a problem at the moment. We just can't uh, convert those draws into wins, unfortunately, at times. But, uh, but there you go. Ed, uh, thanks very much. Uh, safe journey up and uh, all the best for the rest of the season after this weekend. Cheers. Thanks very much. Okay, thanks once again to Ed for giving up his time to speak to us. Yeah, it, it, weird times for not uh, not saying not County again there. Newport County, isn't it? Because they've <laughs> they're one of the longest serving teams in in League Two now. But they just they don't feel like their fans don't feel like Billy Big Boots. A lot, a lot of teams get sometimes when they come to the league and stuff. They they're very sort of. I think they know what level they're at, but they want to aspire grounded. to be on League One team. I think don't grounded they? is the word you're looking for. Absolutely, yeah, they're definitely a grounded team, and I, I kind of feel like they're, they're a club that's capable of going to that next level. I think they're, they're a good football league club, aren't they? That's what they feel like now. They don't feel like. I mean, you you remember them from the original incarnation back in the eighties, don't you, Dan? So it's a bit a little bit yeah, different. Yeah. You probably think it that way. For me, they were a new club coming up. But there you go. Um, right. Well, before we get into talking about the match itself, um, Mike. He's not here with us this week. Uh, first time in a few episodes, actually, I'm not all three of us. But here's the uh, question of the week that Mike sent us in. So there are seven players who have played for us in the last 15 years who are English and have double-barreled surnames. <laughs> who are they? And one of them, he was capped for another country other than England, but he was born in this country. Oh, wow. That, that That's it. Terrific question. We'll leave that one. We'll come back to it at the end because there's probably quite a few names that I'm already thinking of one or two off the top of my head. Yeah, I've got a couple already. I've got a couple definitely already. So we'll come back to the one towards the end. So yeah, this weekend we play Newport County at Brunson Park, uh, three o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Uh, referee for this one is Martin Woods from Lancashire. It's his first full season as an EFL referee. He's taken charge of 16 games so far this season, handing out 64 yellows and four red cards. Quite card happy, isn't he, in terms of that? About four, around about mm. a red card of your four games? Don't really want to say that, do you? Um, last season, he handed out 59 yellow cards and two red cards in 17 games. He actually took charge of a United game last season. Um, the 1-0 defeat at Walsall in April was actually his first ever EFL game. He was given one while he was still in the National League referee. Uh, Dinel Simier was booked for United that day. Um, head-to-head record, 28th meeting between the two sides. United have won seven, nine have been draws, and the Exiles have won 11. Well, then let's talk about their squad a bit then and some of their signings. I mean... One thing that came clear from what Ed was saying in the summer is that their transfer business wasn't the best in the summer. They needed a bit of a change. They got a bit stale. They had a squad I was going to say, did we not say that in the pre-season possibly, that they possibly are a little a little stale now? And that, that was obviously part of probably why Flynn left. Yeah, possibly. I think he needed a new chance. I have a fit. When you look at it, they've relied heavily on loanies from Cardiff and Bristol City and Swansea over recent seasons. And they're in a good position to get players like that, aren't they? Well, I was going to say, you know, it's sort of should, you know, because that's that's our area. Yeah. But it kind of feels like they've sort of saturated that a little bit too much now and and they're not really getting the same quality. They only had one player on loan from Cardiff this season uh, in Chanka Zimba and he's gone back 
to Cardiff already. In fact, of the fr- of the five loanies they signed in the summer, three have gone back, which we were saying this before, weren't we, Dan? It's a bit of a common theme in League Two this season. A lot of loan players are going back early, aren't they? In the loan window. It, it seems yeah, like yeah. They, clubs are either sending, taking them back to send them to a higher level or to a, a different club, maybe one challenge for promotion instead of relegation. Or in our case, obviously, with Stretton, they're looking to sell him on because he's out of contract at the end of the season. So it, it, it's kind of a sort of a weird thing this season. A lot of clubs getting the, the work done early this year. I've noticed a lot of clubs actually signing players for undisclosed fees. Now, I suspect when you say undisclosed fee, you're talking about 10, 20 grand or something like that, are you? Just to say, look, yeah, I, I think more, out of contract more in the will summer, be yeah. the, the, the sell ons yeah. percentages will be the key thing in a lot of this. Yeah, it's a lot of players are out of contract and some who will be leaving anyway, basically. So that's the kind of thing, isn't it? But yeah, they've lost the three of the loanies. Thierry Nevers from West Ham, he's gone. He's actually gone out on loan to Bradford City now. So he's been loaned back and gone up to, brought back, sorry, by West Ham and gone to Bristol, uh, Bradford City. Um, Hayden Lindley, he's gone back to Aston Villa. And as we mentioned, Chuck Zimber has already gone back. But also the two that have gone out is, these were interesting ones, weren't they? First of all, Robbie Wilmot, he's gone out on loan to join up with Mick, Mike Flynn again. Walsall till the end of the season. I think he's out of contract in the summer again, so he's probably one who will move on. But the one that really stood out is Matty Dolan, who's a real long-serving mm. player. And a player, I think we both agree, we, we wouldn't have mind seeing at Brunton Park because he's every time he plays against us, he's been quality. Uh, he's gone on loan to Hartlepool. Now, it turns out he's from Hartlepool. I didn't actually know this. So it kind of makes sense, maybe. I think his, his wife and his kid have been based up there the whole time he's been at Newport. So I think he's basically saying, look, getting a bit older, I want to settle down with, you know, and, and be with my wife and kid a bit more. I, which I, understand. I, I, fancy a good, I fancy a good relegation battle for the rest of the season. Yeah, exactly. So he's gone on loan there till the end of the season and he will sign permanently with them in the summer. They've already confirmed that Hartlepool. So good signing for them, to be fair. Um, but yeah, they've not brought anyone in yet. And when you look at the squad, it is quite thin. I mean, there's only 23 players in there and a few of them are youngsters who are not really likely to challenge. Mm. So I have a feeling the 18 they pick at the moment is near enough as, as good as they can pick, really. They haven't really got any other options beyond that. So, it's got. I think they've got enough to keep themselves away from trouble, do you think? Yeah, they've got a little bit of experience in there still, you know. I mean, they've got one of the finest names players ever in Priestley Farquharson, which is just a fantastic name, isn't it? You've got to be a good player to have a name like that. And by all accounts, he is. Oh, that's... Fair, that's, so. that's that's just a fantastic name, but the likes of Mickey Dimitri, you know, he's been around a while. Yeah. You know, I think I think they've got enough. You know, Zanzala will get the odd goal for them. Mm. Omar Bogle will chip in with a few. He'll probably play as a target. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I'm just looking at the league table here. That the 18th, uh, seven points ahead of Hartlepool. Okay, so a bit tighter than I thought, actually. I thought they were a little bit further away. So, yeah, it, it, it's tight. The thing that stood out to me when I was looking through it, and I've put it down in the talking box, you might have seen it, Dan. No one's really battered them this season. Only one club has scored more than two goals <coughs> against Newport County this season. And that was um, Salford City, quite close to the start of the season, actually. they got, And that was only a 3-2 win, so it was a tight game, that one. So no mm. one's battered them. So they're not a team that you can go I, out and just hammer. I imagine they've tightened up recently because the last four... All games have drawn. Yeah. You know, one of those was Orient at home, which is, uh, I think that was just before New Year, that game. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a decent point, yeah. that. You know, there's not many teams they picked up Orient in there. They, well, they've picked up four points from Orient this season. They were the only team yeah. to beat them at, at the Brisbane Road as well, which is quite incredible yeah. when you think about it. So, um, so yeah, there's a kind of feeling of like, they'll ship one or two goals, but they were struggling to get goals. And, 
the reason now they're starting to get draws, it's coincided with, with the return from injury of the man you mentioned just then, Dan, Ozzy Zanzale. He seems Ooh. to have made a bit of a difference for them, doesn't he? It, he's a real, real quandary, isn't he, Zanzale? Because you know, when he came to us, he, he sort of started poorly, didn't he? He looked, there was kind of, who, who's this clogger we've signed really, wasn't it? When, when those first five or six games, he really struggled to make an impact. And then suddenly he just burst into life, didn't he? That, that stretch he's, towards the end of the season. He's clearly got something about him because he does get goals now and again. Yeah. But he's, he's bloody frustrating. Yeah. And I, w- I wonder how much his agent is in his ear. Yeah, that, that's one thing I'd worry about with him. I, you look at, I'm just looking at his career here. After having two and a half years at Accrington, he was at... Crew and Carlisle in the twenty twenty one season. Yeah. Then he was at Barrow and Exeter in twenty one twenty two, and he's he's been at Newport this season. Probably would have moved if he hadn't been injured. <laughs> but in in that two and a half seasons, he's actually scored scored fourteen goals. You know, so he does get the odd goal. Yeah. And just... he's not played every game in the season. He's had injuries no, as well. Well, no, he's so... come off the bench quite a bit as well. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's an enigma type, isn't he? Yeah, it, it's strange that, um, by all accounts, his barrow career went tits up after that game against us, didn't it? When he, yeah. the home game where he missed, I mean, he, I mean, I can't even describe how easy of a chance it was against Barry. He was about yeah, three yards yeah. out, wasn't he? He should have scored and yeah. he put it wide. And since then, that, apparently that's the point where Mark Cooper lost it with him and that's where they fell out. That's the rumour, yeah. so... So yeah, I, I feel like he will be vital, keeping him fit and keeping him happy. I can't see him moving this January now because I think he's, he's going to be set. No, he's getting no, to a no. team now. So I think he'll be a big player for them. I think uh, Nathan Mariah Welsh, who's on loan from Bournemouth, he looked really good against us in the game earlier this season. So he, he could be a key player as well. We've mentioned Will Evans before, haven't we? We were quite excited about the fact that they've got a player from Ballatown in there. You know, they get so much more... Well, it's almost exotic players, aren't they? Signing them from Welsh clubs and like us, we have to sign from English clubs. But mostly, but... To, be, to be fair, somewhere like Newport is a perfect place for a yeah a decent league of Wales player to go yeah. because it's a step up, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. It's a bit like we should be in the Scottish lower leagues. Yeah, we should be looking on those leagues. Really, I mean, I, yeah, there must be a couple of all right players who might look all right. My in the, my in the lower dossier is always available. <laughs> Indeed, for it is. perusal if the powers that be need. You're always you're, you're always bagging on about are you? To be fair, um, yeah. So I mean, in terms of manager, James Rowbury was a manager at the start of the season. We remember early in the season when we spoke to Ed, he was saying how they really wanted him to succeed because he's a Newport lad, you know, youngest ever person to do all the FA of Wales coaching badges, get all the badges. Someone who's really well thought of. And I think he just tried too hard to get change them into sort of a passing team and being something different that they really weren't. And they've gone, a, they've done a really about turn, haven't they? They've gone from Rowbury, someone who wanted to play good football, to Graham Coughlin, who, if anyone remembers him as a defender, he was agricultural, wasn't he? He, he would, no nonsense, centre back for mm. South End and Mansfield and a few other clubs. And he's come in, he's been given a two and a half year deal that suggests they see something in long term as well. And, He's an interesting one, isn't he? Because a lot has been made about him potentially being a really good manager. And he did fairly well at Bristol Rovers over a 12-month period, but then walked out on them to go to Mansfield Town. And it was a disaster there, wasn't he? Yeah. Man- Man- Mansfield's a strange one. Yeah. They do... They can go through 
managers. I think a lot of it is whether you get on with the chairman's wife, basically. <laughs> yeah, must be. You, you know, seems... you, you, you chuckle, but that that basically seems to be. Yeah. Well, she was running the club. The I don't know if she is now. Get, actually, to be fair, you know. so. so yeah, it, it's a strange one, isn't it? I, by all accounts, he's basically tried, got he's tightened them up and said, well, "We need to just get results here rather than be getting beat most weeks." And the last four results suggest he's done that with the draws, doesn't it? But yeah, interesting to see how he does long term. I'm, I'm still not 100 percent convinced he's the the perfect yeah, fit. Well, be interesting to but... see who he manages to bring in in this window. Well, he's not necessarily the man who's going to be bringing people in, is he? Because they've got a sporting director. Well, and who is the sporting director, Dan? Well, he will have the biggest telly in South Wales because <laughs> it's none other than former Carlisle player and Irishman Darren Kelly. Yeah, Dar- Darren Kelly. So, um, Darren, for those who can't remember, the younger fans, uh, 20 years ago we signed him for 100 grand, wasn't it? I think from Derry City. And, he, mm. and a big hoo ha was made up because he was really well sought, wasn't he? There was a lot of big clubs interested in him. And yeah. Roddy convinced him to come here, and it just never worked out, did it? I don't no. know what I, I can't understand it because he he clearly was a very good player for Derry, and it just never quite worked, did it? And he had a, an okay career after he left us. I think he went back to Ireland for a bit. He's played for a few other clubs, and coaching wise, he's supposed to be very well thought of, and and the Newport fans seem quite impressed with him. And he's done his forums, and as as Ed said on the chat there, the, the thing is. When things tend to go tits up in terms of signings don't work out and everything like that, it's always the sporting director that gets blamed, isn't it? It's never a case of yeah, you know, thing. And, and the reports seem to be that Robry actually almost took charge of a lot of the signings, getting all these young lads from Cardiff and stuff, and it just didn't work. Yeah. So the big question will be who can who Darren can bring into them this this transfer window. I think and uh, I'm sure they'll be able to do plenty of uh, watching on that massive telly. <laughs> imagine imagine not the for, split for the, screen. For that. those that really don't get it. When when he came here, there was a joke about him. He, well, someone, it, I can't remember even. No, tell you what it was. Basically said. No, I'll tell you what it was, Dan, right? In the match programme, we used to say, who, whose players' house do you live, hang around or who do you hang around with yeah, the players? Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. And the players, you say, oh, we go around uh, Darren and Darren's and watch watch the games on his on his telly and stuff like that. So everyone was convinced that Darren Kelly just had this enormous telly that all the other players well, were uh, all No, I think, I think what it was was he had the biggest telly, which yeah. back then... Like a, a 45, 50 inch was yeah. classed as big. Yeah. Now people buy 65, 75 yeah. upwards. Exactly. You know, but back then, you know, most people in the bedrooms had a 14 inch and maybe a, a 28 inch in the living room. So him having this 45 inch telly was the legend of Darren Kelly and his big telly was born. Exactly that, exactly. So I think that's where it comes from. So, uh, so yeah, so I think we've um, pretty much covered off Newport there. I think. It'll be, it'll be a challenging game for us, I think. I think it's one of those ones you, I don't expect us to bat them, especially the fact that we're, we're still sort of waiting for these enforcements to come in, aren't we, in terms of attacking options. So it, it, it could be a bit of a challenge, possibly, especially if we pick up a couple of knocks. That's the biggest worry, isn't it, I guess? Um, injury-wise, um, just a couple of new ones, really, obviously, in the recent times. Obviously, we know that Charters is now going to be out for three to four months, so his season's probably over. Jack Ellis, Hopefully should be back mid-February, so it's actually, you know, it's only about a month or so now, so it's not too bad in that sense. Still waiting for some confirmation on what's happening with Darren, uh, Darren Edmondson. Ryan there Edmondson. Was a nod that it, there, there was a nod that it had been longer term in an interview with Paul Simpson, yeah. but there's never been a, a cast date on it. No, no, indeed there hasn't. Um, in terms of the lineup for this game, Dan, I mean, to be honest, it almost picks itself, doesn't it? Because we're a little bit short. I mean... 
I, I suppose you'd would you stick with the same back line? Give Joel Senior another game, probably at right wing back. I think you are. You know, I mean, he's had a bit of a rest since uh, Donny. Yeah, but a couple of weeks into him. But big question, I suppose, is does uh, Alfie McCalmont come into midfield straight away? Uh, possibly. Possibly, because it would allow Moxon to move up a bit, wouldn't it? The question is, with that, what are we do in attack? Because obviously Dennis is going to start. because he's, Well, no, but the, the big question in attack is, is Amari Patrick fit or not? Yeah, if Amari Patrick's fit, you can go with your... You could probably go with your three four three, can't you? You can stick is, a man. Is he left. fit enough to start, or do they want to bring him on? You know, that's. I, I wonder if they've given him this extra two weeks because they, they said they could have used him over Christmas and they took the time. Yeah, I wonder if that's giving him enough time to get himself to the level yeah. where they're like they're comfortable. We've, we've got we've got this Saturday, and then we've got a period of five games in fifteen days. Yeah, so, it's a so we, we don't want to overcook the goose no, type thing, no. do we? True, true. And it could it could be JKJ G, couldn't it? John Kamani uh, Gordon, sorry, mm. if, if he's confirmed by then, we'd hope, you know, he could be the option. Yeah, yeah. Could have Joe Garner on the bench as well as another attacking option. So, if, if if Gordon is confirmed in time, I think it wouldn't surprise start. me if he started on yeah. the left in with Dennis in the middle, Gibson on the right, yeah. and then Patrick could come on for him around 60, 65 minutes for half yeah. an hour. Yeah, that's, that's potentially what and, you do, isn't it? I, I, it? And like I say, if if, if Gordon does come in, I could actually see him and Patrick interchanging a lot over the next yeah. sort of three yeah. weeks with that run of games. Definitely, definitely. Right, uh, prediction time. Uh, in terms of the prediction league, it's tight at the top now, Dan. I'm level with you on 16 points. Mike is kind of catching up. He's on 10 points. So he's still six behind. Um, what are you going for for this game? I'm going to go for a 3-1 win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have Christian Dennis, Owen Moxon and Paul Huntington. Ooh, okay, right. I'm going to go for a 2 0 win. I think it's going to be tight because they're obviously not shipping too many goals at the moment. Uh, actually, no, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go for a 3 0 win. I think we're going to be the second team to get more than three goals against them. Sod it. Uh, I'm going for a 3 0 win and I'm going to go for goals from Christian Dennis because I have to. Um, Jordan Gibson to get one and uh, Joel Senior. Go on, Joel Senior will get a goal. Um, right, here's Mike's prediction for the game. So I'm going to go for three 0 this week with Moxon, Dennis, and Morgan Feeney as well. Ooh, one different from you, Dan. Yeah, that's going to be exciting on corners, isn't it? <laughs> you two are going to be cheering for. Um, right, okay, let's uh, get some answers for Mike's question then. Right, Toby Shaw Silver. Shaw Silver's an obvious one. Yes, cost didn't even think yeah. of him to be honest. Mark Bridge Wilkinson. Yes. How how long was the time period again? I can't remember. I think he said fifteen years, didn't he? Fifteen years, right? Okay, but he came yeah. back for that second spell, so I would be. Yes, Bridge Wilkinson. Yeah. Um. I mean, for, for me, Courtney Rep and Walter is an obvious one. Um, yeah, I've got him. Jenison Mary Williams. Yeah. Another. So there's there's four. We've got. Did he say six was in total? Was it or seven? Uh, seven, I think. Right. Okay. Troy Archibald Henville. Great shout! Great shout! Someone who sounds like a Tory Lord, doesn't he? With Troy Archibald Henville. <laughs> um, right. So that's five. Got two more to get going. You must have them because you're you're good at these kind of things. Yeah. Uh, well, the obvious one is uh, Nate Percival. Yes. Good shout. Okay. So who's the and final one? One more. The man we paid a thousand pound for. Oh, Jamal Campbell Rice, and he 
correct. And he's the one who played for another country because he played for Jamaica, didn't he? Yeah. I think he's English born, isn't he? So yeah. Ah, so there you go. Right. That's so, the seven half. I've, I've been while we've been talking, I've been scribbling. Yeah. And now the seven half come up with. So. Right. So let's hear the answer. Let's see whether it's correct or not. So they are Jenison Myrie Williams, Troy Take. Archibald Hanville, Take. Courtney Mappen Walter, yeah. Mark Bridge Wilkinson, yeah. Toby Show Silver, yeah. Nathaniel Knight Percival, yeah. and then the last one who got capped for a different country was of course Jamal Campbell Rice. Yes. What a beauty. There you go. All 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 seven of that's teamwork, isn't it? Um yeah, you'll have to challenge us better than that. For like, some reason, I saw some sort of question about double barrel surnames. Not yeah. so long back, uh, I think it was a team played with three or four of them in, mm. and I I happened to flick through the Carlisle ones, so they're quite fresh in my memory. Well, Unluckily you for Mike, <laughs> <laughs> you have to you have to get out of bed sooner than a day than that, Mike, to catch us out. Um, right then, X Files. That's what's up next, isn't it? So you're going to run through the X Files section for this uh, yeah, extended quite, quite period, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, bumper roundup, like we said in the last episode. Uh, we'll go back to Boxing Day. Uh, Ryan Bowman was sent off for Shrewsbury in their 2-1 defeat at Cambridge. He's one who's been linked uh, with a move back to us as well, hasn't he? I think that's people getting yeah. mixed up with the former player being linked, isn't it, possibly? but Yeah, possibly. Uh, Paddy Madden scored for Stockport in a 2-0 win mm. over Crewe. Uh, man we've already mentioned, Ozzy Zanzala, scored from the spot for Newport in their 1-0 draw at Wimbledon. Uh, Max Crokham scored an own goal for Grimsby in their three-two defeat at Harrogate. You went and looked, watched uh, this, didn't you? And it, and it, nothing he could have done about it, was there? I think it was no, amazing. no, it was yeah, it just went in off him, sort of thing. Shot hit the uh, person, came back off him, basically. Yeah, Kedwin Scott scored twice in Notts County in the four-one win over Oldham. Uh, Aaron Hayden scored for Wrexham in the five-nil win over Solihull. He's got a few this season. Yeah, Hayden, he has been. indeed. Uh, Olamola scored for Wealdstone in the 3-2 win over Maidenhead. Yep. Uh, Mark Ellis scored for Torquay in the one all draw mm. with Yeovil. Uh, Mark Beck scored for Darlington in the 3-2 home defeat to Scarborough Athletic. And closer to home, Dan Wordsworth scored for Workington in the 3-0 home win over Kids Grove. And one more... Uh, this was possibly the midweek games. I can't. Remember it was, that. yeah. I left a gap there a little bit because it's. In the yeah, I, th- I think it was, I think it was the only the only one in the midweek game because there was a few called off. Mm. Tom Anderson scored the winner for Doncaster in the four three victory over Rochdale. Mm. Uh, New Year's Day and beyond. Kedwin Scott scored again. Not to count <laughs> in the two two draw at Oldham. The National League do home and away, don't they? On it's one of those things I, re- I really miss day. about being in non-league, actually, is the, yeah. the double-headed. It, re- it worked really yeah, well. The other leagues must as well, because Mark Beck scored twice for Darlington in the 5-2 win at Scarborough. Bit of revenge there for them, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. Carl Dempsey scored for Bolton in the 3-0 win at Barnsley. Mm. Uh, Dempsey has been in the news. We won't comment on it because it's an ongoing court case. Yes. Uh, you can check the news and start if you're interested. Uh, James Tavernier scored for Rangers in the two-all draw against Celtic in the Old Firm derby. Uh, Zanzala scored again, injury time equaliser for Newport in the two-all draw with Crawley. Mm. Uh, FA Cup, Jerry Yates scored in Blackpool's 4-1 win over Notts Forest. Uh, Micah Obiero scored and then was sent off in Wheelstone's 3-1 win at Eastleigh. He, he's a player who's popped up recently. Jack Bridge scored again. Yeah. Southend's 3-0 win over Solihull. 
They've got some issues off the pitch, but they're doing okay Ooh. on the pitch this season, aren't they, Southend? They're doing a lot Whoa. better, I think, yeah. Uh, Paddy Madden scored in Stockport's 2-1 defeat to Walsall in the FA Cup, which is obviously where we would have been if uh, we'd beat Walsall. Yeah. I think, did, did they get, was it Leicester at home, did I, I think? Yes, Walsall I think have got is, now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the last goal, another one for Kedwin Scott in the one-all draw with Fordham Wood. That's I'd, 13 in 26 in the league for incredible, Scotland Incredible, isn't it? Well, that really for the top of the out. table, not County. Before yeah. you go on, Dad, I should say there is one other we I've, we missed off the list. Uh, Stephen Rigg, he scored for yes. Workington in their free-free draw against Prescott Cables uh, yes. the other day. Uh, interesting one, that. If you haven't seen it, there's a brilliant picture of a, a granddad and his uh, little grandson standing in the rain under an umbrella at Borough Park during that game, refusing to move away from their uh, usual spot at the down end. So that was a really good photo. Yeah. You haven't seen that on Twitter. Brilliant stuff. Uh, former Academy uh, former academy midfielder Joe White uh, joined Exeter on loan from Newcastle to the end of the season. Mm. Uh, long flight, that. Uh, Rory Dilap has left his coaching role at Stoke. Yeah. And we're told that David Simonton got married in between Christmas and New Year. So congratulations to David and his uh, good lady. Indeed, uh, good stuff, uh, David. There, a really nice uh, bit of news to end on there, uh, and that's it. The XR section, that's it for this week's episode, Dan, isn't it? Um, lots yeah. packing, hasn't there? The, considering we haven't had much to review, we've, we've we've covered a fair bit. There I think I think episode. the questions probably went on longer than we expected. Well, didn't yeah, they? I, I, originally we were going to cut a few out before. Well, we might as well get as many of them done as possible. Just yeah, to be yeah. fair, people. There are a few people I think who've who've sent them in while we've been recording and things like that. Um, Apologies we haven't picked them up. We'll try and pick them up in a future episode if possible. I'll, I'll, I'll try and collate those together and we'll see how it goes. Uh, in ter- yeah, Thank you once again to our sponsors of the London Branch for their support this season. And um, in terms of upcoming episodes, by the time you listen to this, you will have seen the John Halpin episode is out. It's out there for you to listen to. So go and listen to the interview with Halpin. It's a cracking little listen, that is. Uh, we'll have the preview coming up for the Bradford game next week as well. Uh, not sure if we'll do a separate one for the Hartlepool game. We'll have to work out what we're going to do there. It turns on... It basically depends on availability, doesn't it? Of the I, I think we're probably easier trying to do double headers. So I think we probably will looking, do that. Looking at our fixtures, I'm just bringing them up when the load. I up. think we we might try do a separate one for the borough one, but we'll see how it goes. Basically, it, it, it depends on who's available to record. Yeah, like that. that's the. Big we'll thing. probably do Bradford and Hartlepool together. Then I suppose we could do Rochdale and Badoff. Yeah. But we'll yeah. have to have, we'll have to have a look at that anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's the, the, those coming up, and we're, like I said, we're, we're working behind the scenes trying to get a few ideas together in terms of special episodes. We've got a good idea for a special episode about legendary players that we're looking at. We might want to get you involved in that, but you'll you'll see more details on social media. And when I say get involved, I mean actually come on the episode and record with us and talk about some legendary Carl United players. So we'll have to see how we can get that sorted. Um, and that's it, Dan. Thanks very much for joining me. Um, looking forward to the game this weekend. Finally getting into action again after those two weeks off. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Ooh. And up the blues. Up the blues.